Vicky here and I'm back biatches. There will be no half-steppin', but Jim and Eric will spoil all of the DC books so if you haven't read them, you may want to do that before listening. Just get your fly ass back here soon or I may have to get my gat. Enjoy? that again? I'll shoot you myself. back with an all-new hopefully exciting installment of weird out loud i'm eric shea and i'm jim warner and this is episode 28 where we'll talk about the news and books from this week in dc comics yes we will eric and you know we are indeed the official podcast of weird science dc comics blog and yeah, and an official member of the comics podcast network I think after doing this three times tonight, we'd have this down. I'm still <laughs> fumbling over my tongue. You know who we are, Eric? What's Besides that? Weird Out Loud, which is a name I hate, and I don't care what Darren said on our happy birthday post because you I hate it. once loved it. Yeah, I, I never loved it. Uh, we're two guys. In private, you Two did. guys, Eric, slaving away at that cardboard box factory. Sweating. Sweating, working for the weekend, <laughs> all to bring... The world, this podcast, full of news, reviews, listener mail that's usually bashing us. And we do Not it anymore. We do it for love, Eric. And you know what else we do it for? What's that? Sweet, sweet cash? Sweet cash. We have the rickshaw. It's waiting for me outside. <laughs> After this, I'm going to go to the carbo. I don't know where I'm going. Where do you go with the rickshaw? I'm Anywhere going to the want. show. <laughs> Our site turned two years old this week, Eric. Yes. We yes, talked about it last week a bit, but this was the week on the 16th. Thursday. Thursday. We had turned two, and uh, I felt the love. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> did you? Yeah. I, 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 I was preparing for it. I was getting all this shit ready for the fucking two-year anniversary. Yep. It's really excited. Well, I was thinking we probably should have wrote an article or two about, you know, hey, this is what we did these two years. The, man, eh. we're, we're too lazy. Plus, it fell on a Thursday. We're busy then. Yeah. We got books to do. But yeah, turn two week or two years old, and I'm hoping that it lasts about another two or three hours <laughs> because I'm tired. I'm tired of doing these goddamn reviews, Eric, and preparing for this podcast. It's like every freaking minute of my life I'm doing these reviews and preparing for podcasts, reading comics, people laughing at me. They walk by my house and point and laugh. Those are your kids. <sighs> Yeah, actually, it used to be. I would have said it's my parents, but my dad is dead, as you know, and my mother never comes over to visit us. Speaking of rickshaws, bringing living the high life. But yeah, Eric, we're going to start with the news. Uh, and we have eight news items this week. So we have a, a bunch of news, as you know, and as uh, all-time, full-time listeners, I don't know what I'm saying. Full-time listeners will know we used to give Dan the news, but we're going to take it back from Eric. We're taking it back. We're taking it back, man. Taking it to taking the it streets. Back. We're going to start with a personal bit of news that involves some more love coming our way. It didn't have to do with the birthday, but it was pretty good. I want to say it does. Uh, you, it might. It, it, I think has it has nothing. To, <laughs> and it has to do with me, Eric, because I am a peacemaker. 
uh, even though I'm the one who seems to keep the feud on. But the feud's over. That's what I'm talking about. Brendan Any, Fletcher now loves Anybody just listen to that? I want you to go back and listen to the last episode. Hear how he's the peacekeeper. I did not call Brendan Fletcher a Nazi. <laughs> I did not do that because he loves us now, Eric. I'm going to isolate that audio. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said he was worse. Well, if you haven't listened, we have had a feud with Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart. Unfortunately, they probably are not aware of this feud, but <laughs> as I usually do, I have to have an enemy, and at a point, they were the enemy. But now, uh, can we still have a feud with Cameron Stewart, or do we have to make amends with him as well, just kind of go, go our separate ways? I was going to say, we still have Greg Rucka. <laughs> I, I, him, Greg I, have, I have him in my sights again. Um, no, uh, Brendan Fletcher loves us here. He officially loves us. I don't think I'd go that far, uh, but okay. Officially loves us because on Tuesday I put up a Black Canary number two preview. And I would say that after my glowing and well-written write-up for said preview, Brendan Fletcher found uh, love in his heart. And what he did was he retweeted that preview. And then out of nowhere, he followed us on Twitter. Uh, again, this is all on Twitter. All of our crazy things happen <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, he followed us. And I was like, oh my God, that's pretty cool. Right away there, oh, yeah. I'm like, a feud's over. Well, then he sent me a note and thanked me for the preview. And also, I think somebody out there um, put something like, hey, is this book any good? And I put, it's awesome. It's one of my favorites. I can't wait. And he's like, hey, thanks. I'm like, okay. Then, Eric, then it happened. Out of nowhere... Brendan Fletcher, now I don't know if he's a, if we're supposed to say this. I don't know if we're allowed <laughs> to say it. Uh, he sent us a preview copy of... Uh, I don't know protocols. Yeah, I don't know either. He sent us a preview copy of Black Canary, number two. So I got, I got the book early and free, which is crazy. That's yeah. that. He probably found out we worked at the Cardboard Box Factory, and I can't afford books. But we got it. So Cardboard Box Factory, five kids, shit. This guy needs some that's help. That's right. Then I, I had a bit of a conundrum then. So Well, actually, I read it. I, I sent him back a message and said, hey, another great issue, crazy cliffhanger. And he wrote back, thanks, glad you enjoyed it. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm on a roll here. Eric. I could do anything. Maybe I can even convince him to freaking put Joker on his watch. I didn't do that, though. So then I had a conundrum. Because You're getting I, back to talking shit again. Well, I, I, I had a bit of a conundrum, as I just said, because now I have the book early. This is probably about 9 o'clock on Tuesday. Yep. And all that can go through my mind is, if I could review this right now, I'll have a jump on everyone. And, and yep. you know why? And I told you, why would I like to have the jump? Is it because of stats? No. No. It's because I want to piss everybody else <laughs> All those goddamn other sites that bash us, put us down. And I, I never heard them do this, Eric. But I, I was going to say, where are you getting I this info I know they at? do. They look at us because we're a blog. That stinking blog, those jerks. So I thought maybe I should send him a note. They get an Fletcher, interview with the is. creators. They, they ask about yeah, chicken wings. Yeah, what really, the I, fuck? Uh, I get uh, Alyssa. What is it? Alyssa Quitney? Alyssa Quitney? What's her name? Who's doing heard. Mystic U? Alyssa I've already Quitney. forgotten about that title. It's Quitney. Uh, but yeah, remember that I got some info from her in between uh, things about chicken wings and trannies. <laughs> but uh, so I think to myself, well, I don't want to put up a review because. I'm afraid that somebody's going to call me on it and say, like, where the hell did you get it? I don't know. None of your goddamn so, business. That's so where. I, I was going to send Brendan, and, and I call him Brendan because now we're friends. Uh, Brendan, <laughs> I was going to send him a note and say, hey, Brendan, uh, would you mind if I review this early? Is this, you know, I've never seen DC really have advanced reviews. They don't do that. Um, but then At I least thought, for us. So what I thought was, instead of that, I'm just going to review it, Eric. 
So I, I stayed up late. Uh, it killed me all week. I'm yeah. telling you, this review on Tuesday night killed me the entire week. But I, I did the review. I was going to wait until midnight because then I say that the, you know, it's over. I can do it. <laughs> Couldn't make it till there. So it was about 11. And my, my solution was I would review it, put it up, but not share it anywhere. I just, it's on the site. People happen to go by the site. They're going to get a little advanced preview. Uh, so I did that, but I did, and then I couldn't even do that. I actually shared it on Tumblr and on Google Plus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the um, I love the issue. We'll we'll talk about that later. But I did love the issue. So then the next part of this is it goes back to the beginning because I tweeted it then the next night, and Brendan Fletcher didn't retweet us. Eric the feuds back on. It's <laughs> not back on. What a jerk! Why isn't he freaking retweeting us? I gave it the on Come Book Round the best. Best review. Uh, I'm going to say score. that. It's he already the gave you the review. book early. What more do you want? I know. I think he did it by accident. I what, actually, he forgot who you were? I actually, uh, I think it was um, Ryan. I actually messaged Ryan and, and told him about it because I was all excited telling everybody. Yeah. And I think Ryan wrote back that he thinks that he did it by accident and then can't take it back. So, he, And then I thought, well, maybe he didn't retweet it because then that would show Cameron Stewart that the feud is over and, and Cameron is, is still on the feud. So it's like behind closed door, the feud is over in Brennan's mind, but when he's in, uh, with his friends, he can't talk about it? Exactly. We, like you, I, we like are... you guys hung out during the summer in between school, <laughs> yes. but now the school's back on and he can hang out with his other friends. He can't hang out with you. Eric, we, our site now is the fat girlfriend or fat girl <laughs> goes over at 3 a.m. He calls you at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Has to leave before daybreak. Slip down the alley, never go in the front door. Uh, so the feud's over, Eric. That is the first bit of news. Uh, yes, nothing like the 3 a.m. fat girl. Um, the next bit of news, uh, it continues, though. Uh, we mentioned before, well, this news item is titled on my notes here, New Creative Team Announced on Detective Comics Starting in October. Uh, with the recent announcement of Francis Manipal and Brian Bucciolato leaving Detective Comics after September's issue number 44, the question has been, who will take over? That's who the, indeed? Who will take? That's the question. The questioner. Well, with the release of the October solicits, we don't have to ask that anymore because we know. Starting with Detective Comics number 45, writer Peter Tomasi and artist Marceo Takara will take over the Dark Knight's second title. You know that that's what Newsarama called it, the second title. I can kind of see that, but I wouldn't go, I would never say that myself. I wouldn't either. I put it there and I, I put it in bold so I can make sure that I <laughs> pointed that out. Second title. Uh, remember when they had a bunch of others, like uh, Dark Knight? Dark Knight, Batman, Batman and Batman Robin. Batman and Robin, yeah. Um, Batman Odyssey at that you know, time when Neil Adams is doing it. And a lot of these, and Reggie even pointed out to Dan one time. Batman that, Incorporated? Yeah, yeah, really. Um, well, keep going, baby. <laughs> yeah, you're going. Well, um, Reggie pointed out the one time that to get these this news, all you have to, all Dan had to do was go grab it from these sites. So that's what I do. And I also thought it was funny because they're talking about uh, Tomasi, and they're like Peter Tomasi um, has a lot of experience with uh, Batman, um, much of which is before the New Fifty Two. I'm thinking, why would they not mention Batman or Robin? It's just ended. And they don't mention it. They mention yeah, all weird. these other titles, not Batman and Robin. But I did, Eric, because this part I wrote up. Tomasi's no stranger to the Dark Knight, recently ending his run on Batman and Robin and currently writing Batman Arkham Knight. What do you think of that? I really like the fact, like, um, besides for when Damien was dead, I loved his run on Batman and Robin. Yeah, um, I'm telling you, uh, Dark Knight, uh, Batman Arkham Knight, awesome. And if they're going to get anybody, I think this is probably... 
the best pick that they could have gotten. I, I really do, unless they were going to grab somebody crazy from like Marvel or something like that. Right. Uh, in-house guys. Big gimmick, yeah. Yeah, in-house guys. I mean, they could have grabbed Tynan or what, but he's got so much on his plate now. He's doing everything I, else. I like Tomasi better. So um, do I. Um, Marceo Takara, I don't think you know much of him. I looked him up today before the podcast to make what, sure I get familiar with him. you see what book I loved of his? No. He was on Smallville. Oh, yes. I did he see did I'm that. Sorry, Land, I did remember see the Lantern miniseries that I loved? I said yeah. the art was at, and I love him. I, thought, I was I looking through a great. bunch of his stuff on his own personal page, yeah. and his style actually fits the way Detective has looked lately. So I'm like, this is a great choice. Yeah, I like him. Uh, he also was on uh, Blue Beetle, and he did some Flash. He did some uh, fill-in stuff right. for Flash during the deal. Um, but this story's not over, Eric, because another Did feud. Give you advance. Another feud is over. Actually, we didn't have a feud with Peter Tomasi, but I, <laughs> last week I bitched and moaned that he has never retweeted anything of mine, and that I, oh my god, I give this Batman Arkham Knight nine point sevens, and he doesn't touch it. No, da 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 do do do. And guess what he did? The he next retweeted. Day. He retweeted us the next day. He retweeted my Batman Arkham Knight number twenty one review and wrote. Digging the support of the book, big hugs and thanks. We're having a lot of fun. So right now, take his name off the list. And I didn't also, know his name was on the list. Yeah, it was on the list of people who hated us. I thought he hated us. Uh, I also told him, listen, I need my personal space. No big hugs here, buddy. And I See, what I, I'm getting from the news here is that you spend the majority of your time at home crying. Yeah, and also <laughs> when he says we're having a lot of fun, he meant me and him. And he meant so happy uh, <laughs> together. He meant that I w- I had fun reading the books. He had fun reading my reviews. Actually, I get the idea that he's like, God damn, this guy's tweeted freaking forty things. Stop blowing up my Twitter. Uh, it, what he probably said was, "You caught me on a good day," and I read a review, Eric. Oh, you son of a bitch! You remember that? That was that. That's kind of like a birthday memory. If we had memories, we'd talk about when we used to be. Uh, when we used to put our stuff on Reddit and the people in the DC Comics Reddit channel hated us. They hate us. They're on the list. Yeah, ALORP. Yeah, the one guy's ALORP. If anybody ever goes on the DC Comics um, Reddit channel there, uh, tell him that we said hi. He told <laughs> us, I think basically he told us that we'd be gone in two weeks and that we sucked. And uh, I think the exact quote was kind of like this. Yeah, that's all we need, another blog he can go yeah, that's about right. That's about right. And then he went to one of your reviews after bad-mouthing your reviews and mine for months, admitted that he never read a review, and then finally read one and said that he liked it, but he didn't like your style. No, he which like, a lot of people could say, honestly. One's right here. <laughs> All right, back to the news. And this is actually news that does not involve us. I think every bit of news I'm going to shoehorn myself into. What do you think of that? I'm okay with it, honestly. Okay. Arrow, the next bit is that there's a lot, a couple Arrow casting news. I threw a couple in together. So there was news on Arrow casting. And the first one is Arrow cast Mr. Terrific. I, I saw that headline. I actually thought it was about me at first. No, I'm not in Arrow. Uh, Entertainment <laughs> Weekly reports that Ben and Kate star. You know Ben and Kate? I've never heard of that show in my life. I don't, I haven't either. Ben and Kate, reading this. Ben and Kate star Echo Callum. Callum? I don't Echo? Really like Dan. I'm not, <laughs> somebody there? You there? <laughs> has been cast as Curtis Holt, a.k.a. Mr. Terrific, in the upcoming season of CW's Arrow. I saw your write-up of this. I, I'm probably just interrupting you here, but then I went and checked it out. So I was doing my homework, so you wouldn't okay, bitch this yep. week. 
I, I don't know what I'll, you continue. I'll finish up where well, I'm going with this. You're instead. actually admitting that you read the outline. Read the I actually Holy always read crap. the outline, but I don't look into it further. That is what what happened? This is a positive week. You actually read the outline for the podcast. I woke up scared after taking a muscle relaxer because my neck's killing me, and it knocked me the hell out. I woke up, realized what time it was. Oh, shit. Did you I go, got to prepare. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I'm so scared. so scared, pony boy. Uh, come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back this to the I got stupid news. You're interrupting me. Sorry. I'm sorry. Nobody interrupted Will, uh, Walter Cronkite like that. At Comic-Con International San Diego... It was revealed the character would be joining the show, but the casting wasn't announced at that time. Well, it has been cast in comic book. Uh, this thing is written up so weird. It wasn't. It, he they announced freaking Mister Terrific was going to be on the show. They didn't. But not uh, who they, they cast. Didn't cast it. And now they have that Echo Kellum. Uh, in comic Kellum? books, Mister Mister Terrific is Michael Hall, a, a brilliant Olympic athlete who became a hero after the death of his wife and child. An arrow. Uh, Entertainment Weekly describes Holt as an inventor who works for Palm, Palmer Technologies under Felicity Smoke. It was also revealed at C, uh, SDCC that this version of Mr. Terrific will be gay. It's a weird announcement. It's very weird. They couldn't just wait for the show to be. Uh, that's That seems to me like it's like trying to grab a certain. It is. That's exactly what it is. It's so weird. It's like, hey, Mr. Terrific. It's like, hey, we got Mr. Terrific. And by the way, all you fellas out there, he will be gay. Now, it's funny to me. I read this thing, and I looked at, looked the dude up and to see what he looked like. And he's yeah. got this big afro. Yeah, he did. And I'm looking at him like, you don't look like Mr. Terrific. But I'll go with him because, you know, you can always cut your hair or whatnot, or even if they don't. Whatever. It's Mr. Terrific. I love Mr. Terrific. Yeah. But I'm reading this article you sent me, and I'm like, this is like back in the uh, Incredible Hulk days when the TV show was going on. Yeah. Where they did not name him Bruce Banner. They named him David Banner because the name was too gay, they said. Really? So it became David Banner. Now, did the, did the creators of this show think that Michael Holt was too straight? That like, and have be. to go with a gayer name, Curtis? I don't understand the name change here. Are you saying that the name Curtis is a gay name? At, at, what, I'm when sorry, you're booger. <laughs> when you're saying that, it also reminds me of Chips. When Eric Estrada was uh, Poncherello, yeah. and because they didn't want to say he was Mexican, they, they claimed he was Italian. I, I'm just saying that I don't uh, understand the name change here from Michael to Curtis. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things that uh, then they don't have to pay somebody. I don't know. Maybe. That's actually you know, a good point. Maybe if it's the crazy. But it's still Mr. Know. Terrific, though, so it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, that's true. But uh, another thing. It'd be funny, though, if they did that. Like you're saying, they changed it to Curtis, and then they're like, you know, Mr. Terrific, that's not gay enough either. We're going to be Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> what else could he be? <laughs> I'm a little pissed off, though, because I love Michael Holt's origin story. He is a specimen of, like, he's just a athletic, like, genius specimen. And here it kind of seems like uh, Dr. Palmer has become that character because it's freaking Brandon Routh, and he looks like an Olympic freaking star. I don't, and he's I don't super like genius. Him. You know what? I'm going to say it now. I, I don't like him. Why? Brandon Ralph. I just don't. I don't like his look. Because <laughs> he looks like Superman? What do you I want here? No, I don't know. I just, every time I see him, I, I, he, I get angry. I hate his character on the show just because he doesn't really seem to have much to do except for, hey, I'm Iron Man now, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but, like, having Mr. Terrific here, it just seems they're downplaying the character. Like, they gave his origin to freaking Dr. Palmer. Yeah. And like now he's just relegated to. I happen to work here. I'm I'm pretty terrific. My mom says that'd be great. He's like, but but I'm terrific. <laughs> They're like, it's not going to stick, buddy. 
Hey, is your name Michael? No, it's Curtis. Oh, that's weird. Curtis. I know, right? Curtis. You mean Curtis, the most gay name ever? I don't know. <laughs> According to you? Gay. No, it's just, why would they change the name? Uh, and I, I that's immediately what I thought of, though, is the Incredible Hulk, where they changed it to David instead of Bruce. I, I don't have an answer, Eric. I don't have an answer. The first time ever. Uh, there's more Arrow casting news because they also cast Anarchy. And just like the Mr. Terrific news, Anarchy was announced for Arrow's fourth season, though no casting was announced at that time. But now they have announced CBR reports that Alexander Calvert of Bates Motel. You know, at, since we've been doing the news again, this might be the first TV show mentioned in these news items that I actually have seen. You've watched that? I've only seen one episode. My wife uh, really I haven't liked even watched it. that. Yeah, my wife liked it a lot, but at least you, you've heard of it. Well, I'm, I'm oh, a psycho fan. Some of these. Bait, Ben, and Kate? <laughs> what, was, what was that one from oh last week? Uh, Callum and Colt? Or, uh, <laughs> what was it? We thought Grace it was like Point and Colt. Grace Point and Colt. You mean the new Cagney and Lacey? <laughs> oh, yes. Alexander Calvert of Bates Motel fame will play Lonnie Machen in Arrow, described as a deranged freelancing... Lonnie Machen. Macon. That's what I've always said. Okay. I, maybe a, you're right, but that's... A deranged freelancing criminal who is willing to do whatever it takes to impress a potential employer. That sounds like a little under-the-desk uh, politics going on there. It's like the, the boss calls him in for, hey, uh, Lonnie, you want to raise? Zip. <laughs> Lonnie right under the desk. All right. He'll do anything to impress a potential employer, Eric. So will you. Yeah, maybe not that much. I don't know what you're getting at. Hey, don't make it Come obvious. Come out of the office wiping my mouth. Don't make the it new, obvious. <laughs> the, new, yeah. the new season of Arrow. Hold on, I actually want to stop what? this. His first week of work, he thought the supervisor was going to make him suck his dick. Yeah, he was not a supervisor. He was yours at the time, well, I guess. I don't I, know. I thought he was. I didn't know what he was getting at. Uh, he's a disgusting fella. The new <laughs> season of Arrow debuts October 7th, and Callum is scheduled to debut in the, subs- in the subsequent episode, Eric. We're getting away from the, uh, that <laughs> bit of thing. Something. I don't know Come what's in. going on with this Your podcast. Face is so white. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. He asked me into that room. We get into the room, and then he goes, hey, don't make it obvious. What, oh God, what no. are we making obvious? <laughs> I want to know what goes on in this cardboard box factory, because this isn't what I imagined. I didn't sign up for this. Oh, All right. I now, after the arrow casting news, we're going to flash casting news. And this first one I really, really like, only because I like the guy. Uh, comic book is reporting that wrestler-turned-actor Adam Copeland has been cast as Al Rothstein, a.k.a. Adam Smasher in Flash Season 2. Eric, who is Adam Copeland? What do you mean? Who is no, he when he Edge. wrestled? That is I'm Edge. Saying, I do not know that because I had no idea that Edge had a real name. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think in Highlander Endgame, the first movie I ever saw him he in. just went by Edge? Edge. 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 It's like Mike Fox. Who's Mike Fox? Michael J. Fox. When he was in Midnight oh, Madness. Oh, Midnight Madness. He just went as Mike Fox. I like that Mike Fox. But no, I really like Edge. I think he has charisma, Eric. Kind charisma? Of like the, kind of like that guy in that room when I started at work. He, <laughs> I get the hell out of there. All right, the other bit of flash casting is veteran actor Michael Ironside. Hold on, joining, do, you really th- do you really think the Edge can act? He was terrible in that Highlander Endgame. No, game. I don't care because did you see the, any pictures from this new story? He's no. in this crazy Adam Smasher outfit. You can't even see him. Oh, good. He's just going to walk around. He's like Jason. I didn't even go into this. I didn't think they would have pictures released yeah. yet. Oh, yeah. He's standing behind uh, Grant in his damn Flash outfit, and he just looks like a hulking guy. And he well, actually, i got to check into that, though. Yeah, yeah. He just looks like a big guy in a suit. 
He actually, to me, they should have gotten Kane, Eric. Get the hell that's out of here, he, Kane. That's what he kind of looks like. He's, in he's, this Kane is doing like, uh, see, what is it, see no evil, hear no evil, one of these yeah. fucking horror movies that the rest of them are jumping onto. <laughs> see no evil. Uh, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> the next bit is uh, veteran actor Michael Ironside joining CW's The Flash, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Did you know Michael Ironside is Canadian? That's stinking Canadian. The Canadian actor has been cast to play Louis Snart, the father of Leonard Snart, Captain Cold, as played by Wentworth Miller, and Lisa Snart, Golden Glider, as played by Peyton List. I know that you are a Michael Ironside fan, aren't you? I'm a huge Michael what Ironside is your favorite, fan. What is your favorite role of Michael Ironside? I might have to go with Total Recall. Um, I like him Starship Troopers no. as well, though. I like, uh, yeah, I like him in Total Recall uh, the most. And in this article, they list like three movies. They do not mention Total Recall. Really? Uh, I actually was, uh, this week on Sci-Fi, they've been playing, like, had a marathon, like, each day, it seemed like, of the Lake Placid movies, because they they got the rights to it and started making shitty sequel after shitty sequel. Are those Olympic movies, Lake Placid? Yes, they they are Olympic Mm. movies. Nice. You but no, he just, was in that. He was in uh, three and four. That horror in here, any way you. No, can. two and three. I'm trying to remember now. He was in those. Yeah, he was terrible in them. But I'm like, oh yeah, Michael Ironsides. And I like sucks. Michael Ironsides. And the problem with him, though, is he kind of has one character. You know? Yeah, he's the asshole. He's the old asshole. All right, on to the next one. Speaking of old assholes, Eric. I like the casting, though. I think it's going to work great. Uh, I, uh, you didn't even realize that I just called Grant Morrison an asshole. I'm Grant, okay with it. Grant Morrison doesn't like Batman versus Superman's Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's the new story, Eric. He hates Gal Gadot. Really? No, he doesn't care. I, he didn't mention Gal Gadot. He actually doesn't like the way they're portraying Wonder Woman. He hates the way Wonder Woman is portrayed in Batman v Superman. I want to know, did he get any insight? Like, was he on set? Did he see any early release no, of it? No, he's going off the trailer? He's going by the trailer. That three he's seconds. A, yeah, that's what he's going with. Speaking with Nerdist about his upcoming graphic novel, Wonder Woman Earth One, Grant Morrison shared his vision of the Amazonian princess, which is at odds with the version presented in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Now, for this, I'm going to have to do my Grant Morrison impersonation. Yeah, go for it. I sat down and thought I didn't read the world thing, but it was you. You've got to understand, nerdist man. The only <laughs> I, interpretation of Wonder I, Woman is my own. <laughs> Don't you think I know Wonder Woman more than anyone? This is what he really said. I sat down and thought, I don't want to do this warrior woman thing, said Morrison of Wonder Woman Earth One. So now since he didn't want to do the warrior woman thing, nobody can. Not on his watch, Eric. I I can understand why they're doing it. I get all that. But that's not what Wonder Woman creator William Marston wanted. That's not what he wanted at all. Did he know all. the man personally? His original concept for Wonder Woman was an answer to comics that he thought were filled with images of blood-curdling masculinity. And you see the latest shots of Gal Gadot was in the pervert, costume. He was a just like women. And it's all sword and shield and they're snarling at the camera. There you go. Yeah, he, uh, freaking William Marston made that. That Wasn't that the amalgam of his wife and his mistress? Yeah, and, and he also He also was big on uh, creating the... Um, Lie detector. So that was the lasso. And the bondage aspect of the lasso. That's what he wanted, Eric. He He was a creep. Is that a warrior? No. That's a sexy woman. (laughs) I don't. Again, 
I think that this this story isn't. It's not like this blew up all over the place. It's non news, really. He was but there. He was there it's talking three seconds. about. Calm the fuck down. He was Grant talking Morrison. about his Wonder Woman Earth one, and they probably said, "Oh, did you see the trailer? Oh, you know, she looks like she kicks ass." And he just said, "You know what? When I was writing my story, I didn't want to do that." And I think it's also. You can tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. I think it's that he's writ- read or the he's written this Wonder Woman Earth one, and it's not this kick-ass Wonder Woman like this. And right. I think he's already afraid that people are going to read and go, what the hell is this? Like, people who... This watch, ain't like in the yeah, movies. This, hey, hey, it's... He's ain't getting killed. He's getting mad. Is that what they'll say? <laughs> oh, God, it's terrible. Hey, oh! Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big Grant Morrison fan. I know that that probably pisses off a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Because he is a very divisive person. Um, he's an idea man, that's for sure, and he's over at that heavy metal, Eric, making so, up. I'm saying, what is he doing over there? What he sure has a lot of time to bitch about other well, things. What do you think of when you think of the heavy metal magazine? Because I think of one thing. I think of the movie, I, honestly. I actually just think of boobs. Because every yeah. time I'd see it, there'd be drawings of women with big boobs. That's why I liked it. <laughs> exactly. That's why I, I haven't, I haven't read a heavy metal magazine in probably 25 years. Yeah. And the ones I did read, I found in like my father's closet. You know what's really weird? When I think of heavy metal magazine, actually what comes to mind are those hot rod magazines. Right. That's weird. <laughs> it's not even that magazine, no. but for some reason that's what first pops in my mind. Hooey. Here's you know what pops in my mind when you say that? What's that? I think a monster truck magazine. Like when you said that, I had Bigfoot in my head for some. Yeah, like mine, the have, truck. mine are more like the drag race. Yeah, I understand. I, I don't know what's with, wrong with me with now. Like a car with like nine exhaust pipes on each side of the car. I I'm probably saying things. I, I, I was about no to say idea about I, anything with no, cars. No, I don't know anything. You know what I know? It gets me to that cardboard box factor, Eric, where I can <laughs> cash in the my time card. Uh, the next bit of news I put money. in is not DC news. Uh, somewhat. Somewhat. Somewhat DC news. Somewhat isn't, but it's for you, Eric. All for you. Trancers. You. The comic for Trancers is coming in October, Eric. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Trancers. I put down the press release. Action Lab Entertainment has hit has a hit with Charles Band's Puppet Master. I want to see the uh, numbers on what this yeah, hit is. I, I want to know what, the, what they call a hit. The horror comic book series that only two people reviewed, including Weird Out Loud's Eric Shea. <laughs> the horror comic book series based on the popular film series from Full Moon Entertainment. Now, the publisher is proud to announce they will be bringing another one of the studio's classic, sort of put that in quotes, the film hell series to the comic world with Trancers as part of their brand new comics line, Full Moon Presents. What do you think of that? They have I a think whole it's going to be amazing. Did you read any of this news when yeah, I sent I did. it to you? Okay, I, I wasn't going to send it to you. I wanted it to be a surprise then. Uh, written by legendary creators Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti. That's crazy. And based on the cult film series starring Tim Thomerson and Academy Award winner Helen Hunt. She yeah. is a handsome woman, Helen Hunt. <laughs> Trancers is the story of decorated police trooper Jack Death, a cop for the from the far-flung future of the year 2247, Jack must travel back to 1985 Los Angeles on a one-way mission to capture a fugitive with the power to transform ordinary people into psychotic killing machines. With Trancers, Graham Palmiotti break ground on the Full Moon Presents line of comics, featuring an all-star creator lineup including Tim Seeley, Brockton McKinney of Zoe Dare and M-Theory, Dan Mendoza of Zombie Tramp, you love that Zombie Tramp, and Puppet Mastermind Sean Gabrin. 
That's actually Tim Seeley's a big name. I know. I, I'm actually impressed with this. I, I really am. Uh, Transfers number one is scheduled for an October 2015 release. Additional Full Moon presents titles featuring the works of legendary writer director Charles Mann, Peter David of Oblivion, and David Goyer of Demonic Toys. Showcasing more of the studio's cult and modern classics will follow from Action Lab Danger Zone 2016. So they're, they're going to have a Demonic Toys. Yeah, I don't know. I, Demonic Toys is fun, but it's nothing compared to Puppet Master. No, I, well, you know what? I, I, I'm calling it right now. Uh, they're going to have a Demonic Toys uh, Puppet Master. They better. The movie deal. sucks. And, Sci-Fi uh, made it. I don't I'll even tell know how they right got the rights. Now they will have a Killjoy. Oh, it'd be so one, good. And aren't you excited? And Ooga Booga. Nobody wants to see Ooga Booga. Ooga Booga is my favorite I actually almost, movie. I actually almost bid on an Ooga Booga statue for you the other really? uh, day. Uh, if everybody out there, go and look up uh, Full Moon. Ooga Booga. Do for, not. Oh, my God. It's, it's ridiculous. And, Eric, in a, in a way, to make us a legitimate site, not a blog, so all these people are bad-mouthing us behind our back, I have already set up an interview for you with Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiani. Oh, did, Jesus. Did you, write, did you read that part? I saw it. Yeah, I have already set it up. I said that you are a huge fan. I congratulate him on the transfers. And Jimmy Palmiotti got back to me and said, I don't know what it means, but he said, Justin and I will nail it for you. Excellent. <laughs> I do have some questions on how it's going to take place, though, because well, they talk about why, how this is transfers, right? What, yeah, transfers. And, and but the th- the whole point of transfers was that Tim Thomerson's character Jack Death mm-hmm. was would go back in time to a descendant's body, like he would kind of leap, like Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap. It's also like uh, Assassin's Creed, the games too. Oh like yeah, this is well like before it. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, but that's pretty much the full story of that. Yeah, but um. Towards the end of the series, because I think at part four and five, he went to a different dimension and had to fight transfers at like King Arthur's, like, uh, like oh, a, yeah. a knight round that table type ridiculous. of shit. Ridiculous. Yeah, it got really bad at the end. But Was the first it really three hokey? Are good. Yeah, yeah. But the first three are really good. Yeah. And I yeah. think in the transfer six, they couldn't get Tim Thomas anymore. He's getting too old. So yeah. they had um, they had him jump into a young female body and say, "This is actually Jack Depth now." Oh, nice. Um, I want to give you a little advice. Don't talk like this to Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. I'm about to fall asleep. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I I'm hoping that they're fans of it. I you know I hope it's not one of those things where you go to interview them, which I hope is an audio interview on the phone because then that would make you even more uncomfortable. But oh, I think God. this is going to be an email interview. Um, but I would love it if they you start interviewing them with stuff like this and you come off like the uh the pro uh what is it the cliched like a uh, guy at the star, like the star trek convention like yeah. in episode <laughs> they'll be like you know what we a did, wizard did it. We, we got hired and we're gonna cash a check now i i like i like both of them i i'm big fans of jimmy Palmiotti yeah. and justin gray um jimmy Palmiotti was involved in our first five questions interview and didn't have much of a sense of humor with us not at all uh so hopefully that changed now now that we're well, i don't have a sense of humor about this i'm gonna be straightforward with these questions man yeah uh, i would suggest to you that you give them a kind of a feeler question out there to see if they do know the property well and then you can change your interview of that I, I really hope to see from here on out like we get a, another tim Th- uh, thomerson project doll man i want to see a series uh, of that and uh, the subspecies series, I think, would be a lot of fun. No, now you're going overboard. We don't need to hear that stuff. Shut up. <laughs> it's only a bit of excitement I had this week. I know. Week. I, when I saw that, I was so excited for you. And like I said, I told Jimmy Palmiani and Justin Gray. See, I keep saying their full names because I'm name dropping. Yeah. Uh, kept mentioning or did mention to them in a private message because, you know, we're friends. 
that you're a big fan. I put, I, Eric's a huge fan. And they wrote back, who the hell is Eric? <laughs> is that the guy with the headband? Because that guy creeps me out. I said, that, that is sense. him and indeed. Uh, the next bit of news. I might have news, to watch Trancers 1 through 3 tonight now. Jeez. The next bit of news is going to be sad for a couple people. I believe uh, Matt was the guy who was pissed off about us uh, doing the Flash reviews. And the reason he was pissed, because he loves Prez. Yeah. And also, uh, Joel might be a little upset because he actually reviews Prez on our site. But Prez has been cut short, Eric. Uh, people are announcing that this is the first uh, casualty of the DCU. And it might be because it was originally announced as a 12-issue limited series, which actually shocked us. We didn't even know that. So I know yeah. that this is true. I know that it was announced as a 12-issue limited because... Which I thought was uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I brought it, six and and I brought it up then, and you said, what the hell? I thought that we thought it was an ongoing. And then I said, no, it's, I saw it's 12-issue, and you're like, that's ridiculous. That you, well, now it, it is six. And people are saying, oh, oh, my God. It, you know what I think? I think it was originally supposed to be six issues. I really do. Um, I so think we dropped the ball somewhere. I think something got screwed up. I, it, it would be because no, there's no announcement. It just came out in the October solicits that oh, and issue this, and this is the final issue of the you know the six issue mini or whatever. And people were like, oh my god, what the hell's going on? But yeah, I actually think that it was always going to be six unless something happened. Any of these six issues, if Batmite sold two hundred thousand copies, believe me, all of a sudden it wouldn't be just a six issue. Oh, movie. we you know messed what I mean? up. It's an ongoing. Yeah, yeah. They would say, "Oh, due to demands." It's just like with Harley twice a month, and then yeah. this and that, and then uh, Harley Power Girl. Yeah, yeah, and that that is a bit of a hit. People love Harley. I remember way back when Harley was first announced. That nobody's gonna read. That. And I'm like, are you I, crazy? I was so wrong. Um, I didn't like Harley then. I, I really had no connection with Harley, and I thought that she was ridiculous. But now I review it and love it, except for this issue this week. I'll get to that. Uh, the last bit of news, Eric. Jesse Eisenberg. You know who he is, right? This is some real non-news to me. Yeah. But no, I do not like Jesse Eisenberg. Um, Jesse Eisenberg. You love him. You love him and Michael Sarah. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg had a problem. Uh, They're different after, people. After Comic-Con. Where he compared Comic-Con to genocide. Just so ridiculous. This is nonsense. And then he, this is the really bit well, of non-news right here. He took it back. The only reason I wanted to put this in here as news is because I like to hear his quotes. Because I, I'm on the fence with Jesse Eisenberg. I don't hate him. I don't like him. Uh, he's so middle ground to me. He's kind of just a generic guy. Uh, after reading these quotes, I hate his guts. <laughs> because originally he said, he was asked... Uh, they, I guess he was asked, hey, what's it like to be a Comic-Con? Uh, big deal, you're Lex Luthor. And he said, it's like being screamed at by thousands of people, Eisenberg told the AP. I don't know what the experience is throughout history. Probably some kind of genocide. I can't think of anything that's equivalent. Yeah, I could think of you know, a million things. I could say, man, I can see what the Beatles went through. Or, hey, I actually feel like people actually want to hear me or see me. <laughs> Boy, this is something different. People are screaming for me instead of freaking to get hey, off. They know I'm not Michael Sarah yeah, now. Yeah, they're like, nobody's yelled Michael Sarah. Uh, <laughs> it caused a bit of a, a, you know, ripples, caused some waves. Yeah. People were like, what the hell is he talking about? Of course, they start throwing in like, oh, what do you think of this? And Oh, the, the Holocaust. And I heard this on the radio for all yeah. fucking places. You know, yeah. this became what, the, huge the, news the out first of nowhere. Part. Well, it's because, part. Uh, because he's in... Uh, the biggest movie coming out past you know Star Wars and that's it's one of the top things that everybody was gaga over everything I else. still am yeah 
So then he came out and said, uh, again, he came out and said uh, uh, some more things, and basically he was told to, I'm sure. He said, oh, yeah. This is, where, this is where I really hate him, because he said, I, of course, was using hyperbole to describe <laughs> the sensory overload I experienced. I sometimes do employ that. Eisenberg told AP in a subsequent interview, I'm a normal person who has normal sensory experiences, so Comic-Con was very overwhelming for me. That said, it was really an honor to be on the end of such jubilation. A fucking dick. I don't uh, think he wrote that. Oh, he, somebody told him that, I, again, if, if that was his agent or the press guy from D.C., Warner Brothers, and they handed me a paper, and I'm like, okay, what do you want me to say? Hey. I, of course, was using... Get the fuck out of here. I get on and say, listen, I'm a, I'm a schmuck. I'm a freaking actor. I'm, I'm not Einstein. I didn't know what to say. You caught me at a bad time. I was freaking overwhelmed then, too. And you know what else I'd say? I'm using hyperbole to describe the sensory overload I experienced. I sometimes do... That sentence gets me. I, I sometimes do employ that. I uh, sometimes do employ that. Nonsense. Like, Can you imagine if you're news. like, you know, you happen to be friends with Jesse Eisenberg and you're out at a bar just having a few beers, bullshit. And, Me and Jesse and Eisenberg having bar, uh, be- bar? Beers <laughs> at the bars? Yes. Me and Jesse Eisenberg. And imagine Does no. he have that crazy hair from the movie or is it sure. the normal Jesse Eisenberg from like no. Zombieland? You can go either way with this. It's, okay. it's all hypothetical. I want the Zombieland hair. Could you imagine just hanging out with a dude who talks and, like and this? And plus, um, he's probably drinking an apple teeny. And I'm like, hey, hey, Jesse, what are you drinking over there? Uh, well, sometimes I do employ a apple. <laughs> what's it called? An apple teeny. Ooh. I, I like the Manhattans. Ooh. Can somebody please turn down that jukebox? I'm having sensory overload. Oh my good. Oh my goodness. Well, this, Jesse, this bar is like you. genocide. I gotta go. <laughs> what's going on? This bar is like the Holocaust and the freaking the Russian. I feel like I'm in I Siberia. Can't a, I can't get a drink in here. This bartender's Hitler. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, it's like Idi Amin is running this bar nowadays, <laughs> and the the Shah and the freaking Ayatollah Khomeini. It could have been worse, though. Imagine if freaking Dennis Miller had to uh, put this out. No, Dennis, yeah, Dennis Miller. Uh, yeah, what what do you think about this uh, Comic Con? Well, it, it all reminds me of the War of eighteen twelve when the British fleet can. Shut up. I hate all these people. This, again, you know what quotes I like? Joey Chestnut from that freaking <laughs> hot dog eating contest. The young buck? <laughs> the young buck won. And boy, hey, Joey, what happened? I started off slow. He was fast. I couldn't catch up. Boom. Done. Uh, the old buck. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old buck. The new buck. Nobody knows that guy's name. He doesn't. Joey Chestnut's a great name. <laughs> Joey the Jaws Chestnut, Eric. He can put down the hot dog. I, I wish that he followed us on Twitter. I'd ask him if he ever had that hot dog eating contest with ketchup. He may have. No. You know what he'd say? God, no. What is wrong he'd with He'd say, I don't use ketchup, but of course I'm using hyperbole to describe it. Oh, the... God. I, I'm, again, I, I hate Jesse Eisenberg. I liked him in that trailer uh, for Batman vs. Superman. You know what? I don't now. Now I, I find him oh, pretentious and, and annoying. Slap him in that. Don't think of Jesse the red Eisenberg. Think of Lex Luthor. He's going to be saying Jim's knuckles are coming. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> right in the face. There's some sensory overload for you, you fucking prick. All right, Eric. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm all riled up. This, this room. I wonder why people don't like us. This room is like a sweat box in here. Well, people don't like us because our podcast is a sensory overload, and I sometimes do employ that herpoly. <laughs> 
like you're having a stroke again. I am. <laughs> we'll get to that later too. <laughs> I thought I was uh, Reggie. I thought I was having a stroke this week, and I did not record it. So, and I actually I said that to you, Eric. I'll tell yeah. the story later when we talk about our um, just for the hell of it Mondays. Or you know what? I'll tell it now. Uh, we do just for the hell of it Monday reviews on Monday. Obviously, obviously, and. I went to do mine. I took a shower. I, I think I'd reviewed another book, probably The Gods and Monsters, because goddamn it, every day I've got to review that <laughs> book, and I'm still seven behind. Um, and I decided in between reviews to kind of freshen up, I went and took a shower, and I got out of the shower and came downstairs, got at the computer, and everything on my, my left eye started blinking. And it wasn't, like, blurry. It started flashing. Then my face went numb. <laughs> And then I was having a lot of problems. And then I, I went online, and I'm like, oh, no, I think I'm having a stroke. And I went online, and I saw the, the, um, the symptoms of it. So one of the symptoms are uh, weakness. You have extreme weakness. So to prove that I didn't have weakness, I went over and picked my wife up out of nowhere uh, with lines such as, hey, baby, I've got a Camaro. Actually, I just picked her up physically. Put her down and said, I'm not having a stroke, but I can't see what the shit. I tried to message you, and I was making no sense, which got me scared again. <laughs> and then I said, screw it. I'm going to bed. I was actually going to do uh, ElfQuest, yeah. ElfQuest number one. I did not do it. I'm going to do it this week so I can rip Wendy Peeney. I didn't you. even get to I didn't even read it yet. I started reading it, and um, I, that's what gave me a stroke. That goddamn book. You, you love the ElfQuest. It gave me a stroke. But yeah, I was having problems. Actually, I would like to... No, no, a life of poor eating is going to be No, no, actually, I would like to tie it. That night, my, I had mentioned crab fries right. to my family, and they all got intrigued. And I told you originally, I thought crab fries were something like a um, chicken, chicken fry? fry with crab meat. And that sounds delicious. Uh, what crab fries are, just fries with Old Bay seasoning. I think Everybody that, knows that. And to me, that's like, you are really calling something something fancy that's nothing. It is goddamn old base seasoning on fries. They don't, were using don't hyperbole, get me all, excited all right? By Calm that. down. It's a sensory overload, that, that experience. Um, I'm allergic to garlic, and I think that old base seasoning has garlic, though I looked at the ingredients, and one of the <laughs> ingredients are other spices. <laughs> and I believe I have discovered the secret. Other spices may be garlic, which causes me to have a lot of problems in the bathroom and get violently ill and get dizzy and that's why i only have a stroke i might have had a stroke though i really might but i'm gonna do that wendy peeny joint on monday unless i have a stroke again don't forget richard peeny yeah uh, i saw richard peeny just kind of seems like an idea man like they're in bed together doing the, yeah. this and that and then richard peeny goes you know what i'd like i'd like the wolf riders in that book and then wendy peeny's like oh god damn it i gotta write in another character here we go how about another this it's about, about the wolf Riders. how about this drawing shit? richard what do you think of that I don't know. I don't like the way the... Ex shut up, Richard. All you're doing is giving me ideas. Just shut your mouth. Shut your mouth and look pretty. That's what Wendy Peeney tells Richard Peeney. It's like my favorite comic of all time, and you just talk shit. Yeah, but I, I actually thought Richard Peeney wrote it. But she nope. does everything. Now, what, is, what does she need him for? I think that she just gives him the, just for some money. She just added him in because he was sad. He has <laughs> nothing to do. He's like, look at you. I, he's like a, like a professor. Of like um, astrophysics or something. He's a really smart guy. Yeah. And you just want to talk shit. Yeah, he's just sitting at home. He's crying. Wendy, why, not, why can't I get involved? He's like the, the, the Lucy. Ah, Ricky. I want to go on the show. Like, shut up, Richard. Get over there. Make me freaking pot pie. You stupid jerk.
All right. Oh, yes. I, I want to get off this now because you're just making me angry. <laughs> what else can we rip on? Ah, uh, yes. We're going to take a little break, though, Eric. We're going to uh, take a break, and then we're going to come back with listener mail, uh, which, again, you have proclaimed that the only way to get on listener mail is through actual email. And we have four listener mails, though. It's starting to pick up, and you credit yourself with that, don't you? Yeah. I don't go through all the anarchy of you going through the internets just trying to find someone to talk to. Hey, that was the way we got it going. All right, let's take a break. We'll go, right go, back. Godzilla. Shut up. Batman got on my nerves. He was running me a moat. He ridiculed me, calling me a bum. I whoop. Batman's ass I whooped 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 Batman's ass We were back, Eric. We are back. And this is Listener Mail. And if you want to get into the Listener Mail and have us read anything that you write, no matter what, no matter how hate-filled, just email us because that's the only way you're getting on. Like I said before the break, Eric has said that anybody else who does not want to email, go fuck them. Go fuck yourself, he said. Yeah. Uh, Email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Yeah, you know what? We're an explicit podcast for a reason, Eric. Let's let's <laughs> wear that proudly on our sleeves and let the f bombs fly. See, I won't say it now. now I know. Now that I don't like cursing a lot, and I've cursed a lot tonight. Uh, the UPS guy Your listens. Poor family. Or at work, the UPS guy that comes to our work listens to the podcast, and he said, "What what episode was it? Twenty one, twenty three, twenty two, twenty three. Somewhere around there that we really were cursing a lot, and he couldn't listen to it. He had to wait till his kids went to sleep I, I to would listen. I say that at any. That's a good suggestion." Don't let kids listen to this, Eric. You know what? I, I'm very worried. Way back, uh, that kid Eric yeah. uh, emailed us and asked us advice on getting a site together, and we have not heard. I think we heard from him the next week, and he basically pish-poshed our advice. <laughs> I don't like 80s and movies he, or music. Basically, I don't like any of that, so I'm not going to do that, and then we never heard from and him y- And your idea to call it Flash Batman? Yeah, and that site is now known as Bleeding Cool. <laughs> All right, listener mail. First bit of mail is from Manship, Eric. Oh, yeah, and Manship. Manship that's, it's a new new guy. Uh, he awesome. seems to be listening to a while, for a while, but this is the first time he's gotten a, put pen Long-time to paper, listener, like first-time writer. <laughs> Long-time caller, first-time caller, listener, or whatever. I have no idea what you're saying. I don't either. Manship says, I want to fight both of you over the Batman oh, books. He's going to fight us, Eric. Roll up those sleeves. Not in the face. Gun show is in town again. Uh, two weeks in a row. Maybe I just really like Robot Batman. Or Robot, yeah, Robo Batman. But I loved reading last week's Batman and Batman Superman. Remember, you were the one who said, hey, guys, Jim thinks that 
uh, Clark's more of a dick than Gordon, so, you know, send mail and whatever. And you know, No, I think that Clark's more of a dick than Gordon. You no. thought that Gordon was more of a dick. Yeah, yeah, I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm saying again. Uh, I'm having problems. I think I took a muscle relaxer. Do you have another stroke? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? This Before I go on with, with Manship's uh, email, I want to point out again. I said this to you this week. The thing that I don't like about the uh, Batman now, about ba- Jim Gordon Batman, is I really think that they should officially name that Batman soon. Yeah. And I said, if they just said it, if Jerry Powers, when they had the thing going, like, we call it Robo-Man, anything stupid, I don't care what you call it, or, or they just say, we call it, you know... The Bat-209. Mecha-Batman, Mecha-Man, I don't know. There's not really a good name. Because you can't say Batman because you automatically think Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish they had a name for it because everybody calls it something different in reviews. I call it something different throughout my review. I have like seven <laughs> things I name it. Um, Bat Chappy, you like that one? Mecha Batman. I said it's more Mecha Batman than anything to me. Yeah. Um, and also, I I feel weird saying the Bat Suit. Batron. Yeah, Batron's pretty good. The Batron Two Thousand. But yeah, I I wish they had an official name for it, but they don't. So we get things where we have it, and like like uh, Manship said, maybe I just really like robot. Robo Batman. See, I can't even <laughs> read it. Uh, Robo Batman, but I love reading last week's Batman and Batman Superman. You guys, mainly Jim, are wrong. And I, I guess Manship hasn't been listening that long because that's rule number one of this podcast. <laughs> is never wrong. And in your household. No, my household. I'm always wrong. Guess you're entitled to your opinion, though. Yes. Which is why I am addicted to your website and podcast. And it's funny awesome. when, when this um, email came over, I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy hates us. And then he threw that. And I'm like, all right, man, Ship, I like you. you You're off the be, list. <laughs> yeah, you guys can be very picky sometimes, but that's just the passion coming out right. By the way, I swear Jim Gordon stabbed Ukar in the back with his own staff. It's sticking out of Ukar as he runs back to Subterranea. So, yeah, Batman is a bigger dick. And, yes, that's mainly that's my main reason why I said even in the podcast. Just because week, of that. Yeah, He's I defending a miniature son no. that could wipe out miles yeah, as, of city. As the things and He, was he just didn't going, hear that. He just needed a little son for his people. He wasn't doing anything bad. He wasn't going to cause that. He just said he was get bat. Superman was beating the crap or they were fighting each other. And he started fighting back. And then they were going to shake it out. They were going to hug it out, bitch. And uh, then he got stabbed. Jim Gordon stabbed him with his own staff. That's like yeah. insult to injury. And then Ukar opened up that crevice, that crevasse, crevasse. And went right goddamn back, and he's ready for war now. All because of Jim Gordon, because he's a dick. And no, yes, Manship, you redeem yourself by saying that, yes, I am right. Gordon is a jerk. Gordon, Gordon should have finished the job right there, taking him out. Yeah, finish the job. He didn't finish the job, though. He should have, I said. He sent him back with his staff. I, yep. better pro- and I'm sh- I think that staff's what does all the, the crevasse opening. <laughs> the crevassing? So, yeah. So the crevassing staff of power, Jim Gordon should have kept that, and then Ukar's done. Done. Batman, yeah, Superman that was is, a bigger dick. That is from Manship from Michigan. I, I said to you, I almost emailed Manship. because <laughs> I, cause I do, people Because alone. I do that. But um, I had mentioned that I had had the Olive Burger. And oh, yeah. from uh, the Michigan area, and I just wanted to know if Manship uh, has partaken in one of those olive burgers. Uh, because, again, it's like one of those things like you 
I know somebody from Jamaica, and then I meet somebody that's from Jamaica. Hey, do you know? <laughs> do you know what what is a Jamaican name? Jerk. Uh, I was going to say jerk. Do you like jerk chicken. Do you, yeah. Well, we could go with that. Yeah, and he may not like it. So Manship may never have had an olive burger, but I'd like to hear if he did because you know who had an olive burger today, Eric. Who? This guy. Really? You had yeah. another one? Yeah, I did. I had some extra olives and some cream cheese. I went. That's to gross. Town. I liked it. I liked. It. I didn't like it as much as the first time. The first time it was very unique, and I was really into it. This time, not so much. Holy shit! I'm eating an olive burger. What's wrong with me? Yeah, this time, um, the recipe that I used, which again is somebody from Michigan, if they eat these things, probably like, oh, you, you don't know what you're doing. It's like somebody eating a uh, Philly cheesesteak and putting green peppers on it. I'll slap those green peppers right out of your mouth. They do not belong on that. Uh, but yeah, this uh, recipe I have, you slice the olives. Uh, that I didn't slice them this time. I had them full. I don't know if that was why it didn't taste as good. I don't know why that would matter, but it didn't olives taste are as, gross. It didn't taste as good. I love olives. You are I gross. Love anything salty. <sighs> Just like your Damn. language. Uh, the next mail is from Darren. D-Ron! I was waiting. I, that's why I paused for you to say it. He <laughs> says, Jim and Eric, I was curious to get your take, thoughts, speculations, feelings, and opinions on the news of the next Green Lantern movie slated for 2020 being called Green Lantern Corps. Do you think this has any positive possibilities as far as redeeming the Green Lantern film franchise? Uh, I'll go first, Eric. Uh, it's a long ways away. Uh, but I'm hoping that they get Rupert Grint and Jeez. cast him as Guy Gardner. That's the only red-haired guy I know. Really? Yeah. That's the only red-haired actor in Hollywood. He gets Just every part. somebody's hair. Rupert Grint. Who, who? Honestly, the guy who's playing Boomerang right now, dye his hair freaking uh, red, he's Guy Gardner in my mind. Rupert Grint plays... Boomerang? No, Rupert Grint does not buy... Oh, how's his name? Rupert uh, Grint. Jai or Jay. God damn it. Oh, I can't uh, think of his name. Jay, Jay Lee. Jai Courtney or... I don't know. Jay Lee. I can't think of the fuck of his name, but I honestly think that he would have played an awesome guy, Gardner. He's pl- he, what did you call him? A fucko? <laughs> Probably. I, I actually don't recall at this point. I don't think he would like that. Why would you call Rupert Grint a fucko? Oh, Rupert Grint is a fucko. Like what have you seen him in? Rupert Grint. Yeah. Oh, Harry you've seen Potter. him in Rip- Yeah. A lot of What's Harry this? Potter movies. Yeah, that was a long time ago now. He was in some movie where he was kind of a superhero, I'd like to say, like Fart Man or the Flatulence Kid. That sounds terrible. I really think he was. I remember seeing the case. I can't remember what it's called, like Passing Wind Fella. Anyway, <laughs> I think Green Lantern Corps is going to be amazing. Green Lantern is one of my favorite freaking uh, superheroes. So if we can get past an origin story this time around, just have it already going on, I'm cool with that. I'm telling you. Give I me think, all the Earthbound yeah. heroes right yeah, there. I think that's the key. I think having just all those guys and not having Hal Jordan, uh, you get away with having to redo every. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's not going to be compared like, oh, how is this to the Ryan Reynolds? Da, da, da. You have the whole core. I think that opens up so much. And by 2020, man, those special effects, people are going to be flying cars. By 2020, for Christ's sake. I'm going to drive my flying car over to the theater. Actually, you think by 2020... Can't afford a flying car. I don't even know 2020 that theaters, they're going to be gone, Eric. We're going to... The world's don't gonna say be, that. The world's going to be gone. We're going to be in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, oh, I'm going to have a freaking okay. quato out my neck talking to me, <laughs> giving me bad advice. <laughs> uh, things like, hey, you should get a, a, with Eric and make a podcast. Shut up, quato. I don't need well, Quarter might be on to something here. Yeah, all right. I don't know. We'll ask the listeners. Oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it could be a, I, I look forward to any superhero movie, really, yeah, until I I'm, see it. 
I'm telling you though, to they did a great thing here because just the Green Lantern movie, I think that's like, you know, oh, not again. Green Lantern Corps, maybe I'm wrong because maybe that's too inside info. Um, but to me, that makes it that uh, it makes it better. It makes it something that I'm looking forward to. It also opens up more of, like you said, you're not going to have hopefully a half of the movie being a Hal Jordan uh, origin. So you're going to have a lot of craziness and and. Fun. And really, I'm looking forward to all the TV press where people will talk about it, and I want to see how many people say corpse. Yeah, <laughs> Green Lantern corpse. Um, who was it who said he was going to be in as John Stewart? I always forget who that was. Is it Tyree Gibson? Is it? I believe so. Okay. I want to say. I thought you said Zatari. You who said Tyree Gibson. I don't know. Zatari. That's like a 2020 name when we're living on the moon. <laughs> Dude, that's freaking Pluto. All right. The next email is, is a funny one, Eric. I like this email. All right. It's from Chisanga. Chisanga, Chisanga emails us a lot. And I think Chisanga has listened to the other males and, has, and wants to get in. He wants to get in with all the rest of the hate because I know that I like Chisanga. So do I. I this, this sounds like Chisanga is, is, to me, I said to you when I read it to you at work, sounds a little like Dan on the, yeah. on the Geek News. But here's, here's his mail. Dear Jim and Eric, fuck you both. Ha, <laughs> ah, just kidding. Happy, <laughs> happy fourth birthday. Fourth? He's... He's coming from the future. May you continue writing shitty reviews and making Sonya mortal enemies in from DC writers. I know. Maybe that's it. This is the future Chisanga who has now listened to us say this stuff and now is pissed. Years. It's like all warping in my head. P.S. You will never find out where I live, so don't bother. Also, cut the toilet commercials. What is wrong with you? I've been saying the same thing, Chisanga. I like the toilet commercials. I love that song. What, what was the song? The poopy, the, the, the poopy, poopy song? song. Yeah, that's a great song. Um, he's not going to tell us where where he lives. I worry about like we don't hear from Chisanga for a month, and I start to worry, and I get weird ideas of where he lives, <laughs> thinking that there's craziness. Now I asked you this week. Now that he said that, you'll never find out where I live, so don't bother. Also said for both of us to fuck off, and then said that we write shitty reviews. Can I start making fun of where Chisanga lives now? Like make oh up definitely. Stuff? Yeah, I don't think I should. It's Baltimore. It's <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> I remember when I said his name the first time. We uh, initially we thought it was a girl. Yeah, that aid in our mind. But then Chisanga said, No, I am a guy. And uh he gave me credit because I pronounced his name right and said the people who are not from my country always get that name right wrong. And then I said, even this is like episode three. Yeah. Like where what country, Chisanga? We're on episode twenty eight. Uh, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out. You creeper son of a bitch. I got your email, Chisanga. I'll find out. (laughs) Say I do shitty reviews. You should have said make Eric continue writing shitty reviews. We do make mortal enemies from DC writers, though. And ours. Actually, more writers. Yeah, more writers. Now, Cameron Stewart is a uh, a writist. A writist. He's an artist and a writer. You know, he thinks he's an artist, Eric. Uh, He's an asshole. (laughs) The next email and last email of the night is from Reggie. Reggie says... What's up, Reggie? Reggie says, Dear Jim, apologize, uh, apologies for the lateness of this week's email. Yeah, he got to us. We were getting worried because without you, Reggie, the, this email segment is very short. I spent the <laughs> earlier part of the week in Bethlehem, PA, hanging out with a friend. I don't, do you think he knows how close that is to us? 
Yeah, I can throw a goddamn rock. Yeah, that, Reggie, you were about five minutes from us. Visiting, Why didn't you send me a goddamn message? We could have hung out. Yeah, visiting. You wouldn't have hung out. No, I would you, not. Yeah, you get your girlfriend <laughs> to drive you there. I can't <laughs> it's see, like goddamn it. It's like a freaking 14-year-old date. You have your mom take you. Visiting the that part of Pennsylvania actually makes me feel a little sympathetic towards you and Eric because it makes clear the fact that the two of you reside in social and cultural wastelands of drive up Rita's icy shops and Wawa cellophane markets. And you don't you don't be don't messing with dare. that Wawa. We like actually, the Wawa. I'm boycotting Here Wawa. We go. Yeah. Wawa I already talked about it. Wawa employees all think Eric is a shoplifter. It's no wonder that you have a combined IQ of a muskrat. You aren't muskrats known to be very intelligent. You both have probably suffered severe brain damage from breathing in coal and steel dust still lingering in the air as a fatal reminder of when your state was economically viable. If you were faultless, I would champion any effort to secure state and federal restitution for your mental handicaps. But since you make this abominable podcast, then I'm afraid you get what you deserve. Ah, here he goes. Bethlehem is an interesting city. This is like, what is this, the Constantine book last week? A little walking (laughs) tour of Bethlehem here? (laughs) Bethlehem is an interesting city. Once the heart of... Steel production in the U.S. and now a rust-riddled fart of a town that seems to subsist entirely on attendance at one of Lehigh University's campuses and grandma's pension money fed into the penny slots at Sands Casino. I had the opportunity to eat at the buffet at the aforementioned casino, and it was hands down the worst buffet I've ever eaten in my life. That's some bullshit. Here we go. This, is where, this buffet was so bad you had to eat the mashed potatoes with a fork. <laughs> Don't understand that. I eat my mashed potatoes with a fork all the time. So do I. I guess what, you get your saying, fucking fancy mashed potato spoon out? Again, maybe he's saying they were, oh, you know, no, it doesn't make sense to me. If they were really um, lumpy, you could still eat those with a uh, spoon. And if they were really runny, you'd have to eat them with a spoon. Yeah. Hmm. He's one of those fancy guys, Eric. I think <laughs> when he drinks his tea, he has his pinky up. So do I, though. Pinky's up. And then he has that, and he will not use that fork for mashed potatoes. The other thing, Reggie. You think as- he came down here on a rickshaw? He may have. I, I don't, with that big bow tie, sat down at that buffet. And again, Reggie, you, next time you go to a buffet, give me a call because you don't eat mashed potatoes at the buffet. That is a no-no. That is I'm, a buffet faux pas. I love mashed potatoes. You, you don't get starches. You stick. You stay away. No bun, No buns. No like freaking. Like spaghetti at a freaking nothing. buffet. Spaghetti. What the hell is that shit? So I laugh um, when you, we were shopping the other day, and we were going to get, again, Reggie will rip into this, but we were getting a hamburger helper. So right. me and my son Rafe were like, oh, what hamburger helper are we going to have? They have hamburger helper spaghetti. <laughs> Who needs help with that? It's freaking <laughs> ridiculous. All right. He goes on. This buffet was so horrendous that it's almost trying. it was almost worth trying just to experience it. A true achievement in terrible casino buffets, a category that is packed with lots of competition. Of course, you would probably wolf it down so fast you'd never know that it tasted like shit. But for those of us with taste palates, it is something incredible. I, I love buffets. I'm a big buffet fan. I guarantee you that I would go to that casino buffet and think it was unbelievable. Great. Also, uh, Reggie, I sent you a, a restaurant to go to, though I hadn't been there in years and years and years, and you, you just dissed me and went to the casino. Why do you do that, Eric? Should have gone to the steel stacks as well. That brings in a bunch of revenue. Yeah, yeah. Incidentally, I agree with Eric about last week's uh, Batman Superman. Gordon was characterized well. Clark was characterized poorly. Clark's brashness is somewhat in line with his attitude in other Superman books. But in that book, he seems even more of a laughing dickhead than in other titles. I I'm saying. Gordon, on the other hand, read perfectly. As someone still getting used to the bunny armor and overcompensating for that by being a hard ass, but coming across as someone afraid of the situation. 
So in summation, you suck. I, I said this when I read this to you at work. I agree, but I also think that that's something that's happening to Superman as well. You have Clark, who doesn't have his powers anymore. I think he's trying to overcompensate. I think he's trying to make himself um, seem bigger and stronger uh, because he the knows sure that he is. surefire way to get your ass kicked. I know, but still, I, Gordon to me just came off. He's never been a jerk like that. Like Again, I said when we were Gordon's reading the Gordon's not thing, a jerk. Batman's a yeah, jerk. Yeah, when he's like, I looked at my sensors, and the sensors say that he's a clown in a shirt and T-shirt. What is that? He doesn't say stuff like that. Yeah, no, I don't, but Batman it does. It didn't, come, <laughs> it didn't come off as, as Gordon, though, when he was in that closet, Eric, that did. And that was Reggie weird. with Love Reggie the Reckless. Then we go on. Dear Eric, America's Sweetheart. Yes. We have been dancing around the issue for weeks now, each daring the other to say it. You you guys have something to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> have you have you guys been getting together? We did get together when he was in Bethlehem. Uh, yeah. Did did you say don't make it obvious? <laughs> when you and Jim were talking about Quato from Total Recall the other week, I mentioned it again tonight. I thought yeah. that would that would be your chance to begin our faded dialogue. I don't know where this is headed. <laughs> you didn't take the bait, however, leaving me to broach the subject that is at the forefront of everyone's minds. Are you and Reggie lovers? <laughs> now, what do you think of the movie Basket Case? It's, Green, it's, was Green Day in that movie? Basket no, Green, Case? Uh, no. No? Basket Case, it's funny, too, because every time we talked about Quato and that freaking, uh, it's underneath the, ha the hat. Yeah, you thought and of e that? Even, that? even the turban made me think of the basket that Belial was in in Basket Case. And I thought about it every time, but we got so hung up on this whole story and going on that we just moved on. I never got back Thank to God. it. God, what what year was Basket Case? Do you think? I try. I want to say nineteen eighty, but oh, the, really? I, I I know it's wrong because so, the movie's but it's that far back. No, the, yeah, it's around that time, but the okay. movie looks older than it is. I know oh, that. Really? I haven't watched Basket Case in probably twenty years, and when I watch it, it disturbed the shit out of me. And it's a guy. It's like a. What is it? It's like a vestigial twin. Like a, it's a little okay. like a blob that he had cut off, and they were separated. And then he kept it. And he, like he found it in the garbage, and he like held on to his brother. And it's an evil like brother, but it's like a little blob uh, with fangs. It and came out eighty two. Okay, but it I looks like it came out like seventy five. Oh Jesus Christ! There's a basket case three. Oh yeah. Oh God. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The rating twenty votes. Seventy five percent. Eric. That movie is terrible. Case. Oh, you know what? I see the movie poster, and the I I've seen that. I yeah. haven't seen the movie itself. I'm big on seeing uh, the. And you used to walk through Blockbuster yeah, West Coast. That used to grab your eye. That that freaking cover. That's a crazy cover. Scared me just now. I'm gonna have to go. But think if you can see what Belial looks like. Imagine that raping a woman. Yeah. Well, here he goes on. I saw this when I was about ten years old, and so many scenes still stick out in my mind. For some reason, I equate this movie with that part of Creep Show where there's a monster locked in a chest under some stairs, and this guy feeds his wife to it. The crate. Yeah. But anyway, what do you think of Basket Case? And were you young enough when you saw it to be scarred for life? The scene where Belial is dry humping the nurse stays with me. Yeah, that's the one. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it has stayed with me ever since I was a kid. Oh, jeez. Now, Reggie's going to get a little real here, and it's going to be um, relevant because Dan just sent us a note that he's working on his geek news. But Reggie says, and since we're facing stark truth and addressing the unsaid in this letter that he's in love with you, <laughs> I'd also like to suggest, nay, demand, that you cut Stransky's geek news. Now, Reggie, at the beginning, when, when we first had Dan take over the news, big fan. He was he a was booster. A big fan. He even said, you know what? Dan's giving me stuff I didn't know. 
I'm into it. And he used it to badmouth us. It was always an insult to us. Like, man, if you didn't have Stransky and, and Clark, Stransky and, Stransky and Clark sounds like a good um, <laughs> team of explorers. Stransky and Clark. If it wasn't for Stransky and Clark, like we were going to, he was going to shoot himself. But now he's changed. His tune has changed. It's now he's pulled the hammer back and he's closer to shooting himself? That's what he says. He's basically saying we have to cut him. It's getting a little silly now with you guys doing news at the beginning of the show just to say all the things he won't catch. Last week was Comic-Con, and even with getting his segment to you Saturday, it should have been packed with relevant info. That info would be, incidentally, almost anything not about Apple computers. (laughs) There was a lot of Apple computers. Um, You will have to do it because Jim is too much of a simpering wuss to drop the hammer, and he says just love Reggie, and I'll correct Reggie. Yes, I, I... I don't like to hurt people's feelings. You're you're a wuss. You yeah, won't talk to I, anybody. I'm a coward, yes. Um, little do people know, I actually had to fire somebody from the site uh, previously. Is that what we called it? Yeah, I guess. I mean, do you get fired? You fired called, her the way I've broken up with girlfriends Is it called before? being fired if you really didn't have the job in the first place? I don't know. Yeah, that was and, weird. She never really did. Yeah, we had this press. She wrote a... Um, uh, review. It was awful. Batman I, I hate to say that it was awful, but it was pretty bad. And in the end, I had to edit it more. It took me more time to edit than actually if I would have written the review. And then I kind of screwed around and kind of started deleting things, <laughs> <laughs> hoping that they would quit. We, and that didn't talk to her? Yeah, well, I didn't care. Asked, uh, ask Jody. Jody's on the site. And he just puts his stuff up. It's like a forum for all of us. We don't. I don't talk to you about what you put up either. No. We just put shit up and then talk about it later. It's like everybody on the site is just their own little deal, and we get it done. Dan p- posts his things. <laughs> he did do um, Star Trek Green Lantern this week. Very surprised. Uh, and it, it did pretty well. Yeah. Um, those, did somebody have a comment? He didn't comment back. I think Dan... Throw shit into this podcast and on the site, and then he's gone. Just he's gone. It's like a drive-by reviewing. He's boom, 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 boom. Next thing, he's gone. We never hear from him again. Uh, what do you think he's going to do in his news tonight? I think he's going to talk about the uh, Nintendo death. Little... I've been telling you that all week, you son yeah. of a bitch. That no, was what mine. else do you think? I have no idea, really. Yeah, I, I don't either. So maybe some X-Men apocalypse news? Yeah, well, like I said, Reggie even says it, that it's silly that we're doing the news. Well, we, we did start the podcast. We, when we first started, we did the news as well, and that's when I said, listen, we can cut it down because we were overlapping with, with Dan. Yeah. We're not doing that now no. because we talk DC Comics. Unfortunately, Dan, uh, does, I don't know. He does his thing. He's on his own. But yeah, I don't and think we we're give gonna... him no notes. Yeah, we're not going. Well, we shouldn't have to. That was he was supposed to do all of it. I said to him, "Listen, now you're the you're the news guy. You do all the news. It's all you. We're not going to talk any news." And then he got back with a lot of Apple watches, some <clears throat> weird sounding curse words that don't sound like they should come from his mouth. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what Nintendo emojis. I was actually yeah emojis. I was thinking this week a little about what I could. I was trying to think of a different segment. That instead of like geek news, what I could ask him to do, I couldn't come up with anything. I was thinking of something like he picks a weird thing in geekdom and explains it. I don't know. Called Dan Explains It, I'd call it. I don't know. I'm not going to fire America. I, I don't like to do that this week. When he did the Star Trek Green Lantern, he messaged me. Hey, anybody doing Star Trek Green Lantern? I messaged you. Hey, because you were going to do it, correct? Yeah. So I messaged you. 
Hey, you're gonna have to talk to Dan about that. I get back. I'm not talking to him. Fuck that. Let him do it. <laughs> so I wrote to him. Eh, do it. Then he's asking about. Then he say, "Yep, I'm gonna do a lot more reviews because work fucked me." And you know what I did? I ignored that because I don't want to hear any no. stories like that. No, I I, I'm not. I'm not grabbing that bait. There's Fuck even that. a possibility at that point I was having a stroke. <laughs> I don't know. That was Monday, I think. I don't know when it is, but I, I don't. That's just small talk trying to get me into the the misery of his life. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Is he from Baltimore? No, Where's that guy from? He's Jersey. from New Jersey. I know. He's a New Jersey guy. He loves that Kevin Smith. He wants to be a professional blogger. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That is it. Yeah. Reggie didn't put Reggie the Reckless to you because you two are tight. So he say. comes to Bethlehem, though, doesn't do anything that we suggest, and then rips it apart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to know what your fr- who your friend is. I probably know the person. The, the, I know the, everybody around here. America's sweetheart. Friend. And, <laughs> Now that you're back up there in Queens, please say hi to my cousin Heidi and her husband John. They live That'd in Queens. That'd be great. Uh, I, we talked about this. We don't know, but we thought Reggie would be a Yankees fan, correct? Yes. That's what we thought. But uh, your cousin John is a huge, uh, not only a huge Mets fan, but also has published books about the Mets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Reggie, you have to tell us if you are indeed a Yankees or Mets fan, or if you just write back and say, I hate baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, also, I want to know if anybody else is from the New York area. Um, in my mind, if you are a Yankees fan, you have to be a Giants fan and a Rangers fan. And then the other guys are the Mets fan, Jets, Islanders. It, yes. you, can't, uh, you can't mix a match in my mind. That has to be. That's how it is. Boom. And if you're going to go. You're a Pirates I'm fan. Also gonna, I'm also going to. Uh, no, I'm a freaking Penguins fan. Pirates. You like the Pirates as well. No. I hate the Probably Pirates. Probably Steelers fan too. No, I hate the Steelers. The Eagles are my favorite team. Um, also in that mix, uh, Yankees, Giants. What did I say? Yankees, Giants, Rangers, Knicks. And yes. then the uh, Nets can go along with the, uh, the Mets, Jets. Islanders. Islanders, yeah. Whew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Damn you. That New York, they're so important. They have to have seven trillion teams. Freaking people. They always, oh, we won this many t- freaking, uh, New York has this many championships. They have nine trillion teams. Pennsylvania has a shit ton of teams, too. Yeah, I don't consider Pittsburgh part of us. <laughs> <laughs> Except the Penguins. I'm a big Penguins fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The hell with that Pittsburgh area. They do have that Pamani Brothers sandwich, Eric. That's the sandwich with uh, fries on it. I do like that one. I'm a big fan. Yes. Yeah, I'm not biting. <clears throat> All right. Well, we're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we're going to be uh, doing the meat and cheese of the podcast, which is the books, correct? Correct. All right. Well, we'll see you in a minute. All right. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be part Here they come, yo Here they come Here they come, yo Here they come Here they come This or that 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 Come on! Who's the black sheep? What's the black sheep? And we're back. Hi, yes, Eric. we are. Hello. We are back. It's actually a day later. You you were a little off yesterday. 
I'm really <laughs> off now. Well, are you? Neck. I feel like someone's trying to break my neck two nights ago. No, they shouldn't. They should have finished the job. Oh, See? God. The break of my neck giving you a stroke is fucking nonsense. No, jeez. I, I actually felt like I was having another stroke this morning. <laughs> I think it might be something real. Maybe a heart attack this morning. Oh, I had a uh, bagel with, um, what was it, pork roll, egg, and cheese bagel. And I ate it, and oh, my goodness. I, I was having some, some issues. <laughs> Ah, but we're back. We're ready to do the books, what I like right. to call the meat and cheese of the podcast area. Which is weird, because when you say meat and cheese, it sounds like an appetizer to me. It, well, no. It's a big-ass tray. It's a big tray, and when you eat it, you're so stuffed that you're like, man, that was the meat and cheese of the party. Because usually if that's happening, you're at a fancy party, right? Is there some toothpicks in that meat and cheese? Like, I go to fancy parties. You do. You go to more parties than I do. They walk, I walk up to the door. I'm sorry, sir. No headbands allowed. <laughs> no headbands, and you must have sleeves. Oh, <laughs> and you no. must have socks not, and Not shoes. that you wear tank tops all the time, but I, I like that look. Headband <laughs> tank top. Wearing that right now, actually. Well, we were talking right before we started. Um, I said to you that this was kind of a down week for all the books, I believe. Yeah. There's not, I mean, there's, there's a couple that I really like, but in, in the meantime, there was a lot of just meh, as you like to say. Meh. Meh. Is that M-E-H? Meh? Yes, that is M-E-H. I, you've put that in reviews a lot, haven't you? Yes, and you've copied me. No, I did it once or twice. <laughs> I don't copy your crap. Hooey! Well, we're going to start with the big book, and of course, you always have the big books, Eric. And what is the first uh, book of the podcast? Justice League, number 42, written by Jeff Johns with art by Jason Fabach. While this issue isn't comparable to genocide with its sensory overload like last issue... We still get a decent book where we find out that Darkseid wants Superman's soul, Marina Black wants to destroy Earth in her quest to kill Darkseid, and Batman finally becomes the all-fabled Bat-God that people love to bitch about in comics. Yes. And that's what I got for you. All right. Uh, is this like genocide, like Comic-Con? Yes. Well, no, no. It's not like the first issue was of okay. Darkseid. Well, the this first was issue not. was Comic-Con. This is post-Comic-Con, man. This is trying to get back home and realizing you have no money. Yeah, really. I don't spend a lot of money at those things. I think it's bullcrap. I'm saying if you go to uh, San Diego, you're spending a lot of money just to get there. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't have any money to spend on anything <laughs> else. Uh, yeah, this issue was good. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. It's like um, one thing I have, the one, like the problems, because we always like to talk about the problems. Yes, yes. I know we had this whole avatars throughout the multiverse answer to Steppenwolf, you know, like being alive in this. Yeah. Because we saw him die in Tom Taylor's Run of Earth too. And this is the one thing that I get people talking about when I put these reviews out is why is Steppenwolf there? Why is, you know, all this shit like Mr. Miracle? Like I had that yeah. issue last uh, month in the issue where Mr. Miracle knew that his like father was dark side the whole time. Yeah. Even though in Earth 2 we did not. But anyway, I still hate the fact that, you know, DC originally came out and said dark side. There's only one dark side in this multiverse and he's mm -hmm. going throughout the multiverse conquering worlds. And they went out of their way to say this, but then all of a sudden, yeah, Steppenwolf is here. It's all right. Yeah, I... It irks me. You know what irked me? Steppenwolf's annoying. <laughs> he keeps just yapping. And everything he said, he's like one of those guys who just like always wants to say something. He's never right. Because he's like, ah, what does he say? He keeps saying different things about why they're at war and why they're doing this. And it's always wrong. It's always like, no, that's or not then it. You have I'm going to split him with my ex. No, we don't want that. And it just, yeah, decide just, then he just, he's just a yes man. <laughs> so that's the, that's the best part, though. Because Steppenwolf goes off and talking about, yeah, we'll do this. And we're doing it for this. And like, but Darkseid doesn't say shit. It's all to side. 
No, 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 no. He's like a little toady right there. We do this for Dark Side alone. Everything. I mean, basically, when you're on Apocalypse, if they ask you any question, like, "Hey, uh, why are you getting that coffee?" For Dark, dark Side, side. <laughs> you just keep saying it. You're always right then. But even that, he's like Calabac. That, uh, hey, don't you it? Okay, okay. He's like everything Steppenwolf says is wrong. And also, whenever I hear that name, I think of Magic Carpet Ride, Eric. I can't help it. Uh, but yeah, uh, the beginning's pretty. I mean. Jeff Johns really does do an epic book. It's epic. I just don't know there's a lot of not much happening in the middle well, the, section. In the middle section is all just exposition to get people caught up in case for some reason they forgot from last uh, mm-hmm. month's issue. But the best part about the beginning with Steppenwolf and Darkseid is that Clark Kent and uh, Luthor end up on Apocalypse. Like we saw him get boom him away last mm-hmm. uh, issue. And we have we have freaking Desaad saying, for Darkseid, Steppenwolf trying to make his points. Mm-hmm. But then Darkseid just comes forward. I want the Kryptonian soul. Yeah, yeah. And you just feel a bit of dread when you see him say that. And he wants he doesn't want to send Calabac, he doesn't want to send anyway. He wants to send the slaves of yeah. Apocalypse to go after him because if like he says, send them out, and if they kill the Kryptonian, we'll end their servitude. That means that they'll go out there and die trying to kill yeah. Superman. Yeah, just they're regular, not gonna, yeah. Just regular folks. And Superman yeah. can't do anything to stop them because he can't kill these folks. But he can't stop them either because they don't want to serve anymore. Yeah, well, again, and they even, he even points it out because then he's like, uh, I guess um, Steppenwolf, I think, is like, no slave's going to kill him. And he's like, no, that's not the point. Superman, it's going to kill him inside because oh, he's so not going to be able to stop them. But, yeah, they're never going to kill him. But eventually he's going to have to do something, have to kill them to stop them. And it's just going to kill him inside to realize that. That there, is so awesome. That there's no there's no soul on Apocalypse. That he's done. It's it was good. It was. And really this good. opener to the book is the hot one of the big high points. But then we get to the middle, and then it just t- kind of yeah. drags a bit. And I get a little drag. frustrated. Then it gets to uh, Mobius. No, no, not and even, Metron. I'm, I mean, no, yeah, I'm saying that. Well, we go back. We have. Uh, I don't even want to talk about that part yet. But like okay. I'm saying, we have as much as Jeff Johns has hyped up Mister Miracle's part in this story. Mm-hmm. He has not done shit. The only thing we've seen him do in two issues is get his ass kicked and boom tube away. Three times in two issues. Yeah, yeah. And during this time, it's we realize that Marina Black can't take criticism <laughs> because he boom tubes away, ends up with oh, Marina. Yeah, yeah, it's really off, too. Mar- Marina Black, <laughs> like, hey, check out my secret treasure trove here. Guess what? You don't like Darkseid? I don't like Darkseid. I put this whole mission together for my daughter Grail to fucking stop Darkseid. And then this is going to be the final battlefield of Earth, and it's going to be destroyed in the process. And then Mr. Miracle said back, yeah, I don't think that's the best idea. I'll kill you now. Yeah, it's one panel after the other. He's just like, you know, we can't do this on Earth. People are going to die. Uh, uh, the good of the few. You know. And then he's like, I don't agree. Okay, then you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> Tax I'm him sorry. Also. I actually like when she's talking and it mentions Grail. And yeah. uh, Mr. Miracle is like, you and Darkseid <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she what is the fuck not. Uh, split you in two. Boy, she do, you're right. She, if you're not with her, you're against her. <laughs> Immediately. Yep. Yeah. She doesn't want to take any points, you know, like, you know, little like notes here or there. No, this is my plan. This is what's happening. You ain't with me. You're against me. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. It was pretty drastic change there. She's nuts. But then we get to Metron, right? Yes, then we get to Metron because where we left off with the Justice League fighting Grail and getting their asses handed to them fucking badly, um, Wonder Woman's going to lead the second charge. Mm -hmm. But now Grail has Anti-Monitor there in her corner, and there's nothing they can do about this shit. So before we get our heroes completely decimated in front of us, 
Metron shows up, boom tubes our heroes away, and they go to the Rock of Eternity because apparently nobody can see them there, which I can get behind. That's kind of yeah, a cool aspect. Yeah, that's fine. I liked it. And, and Metron's like, you know what? Check this out. I just saved your lives, but it's all going down now. It's all over. Take this time, kiss your loved ones goodbye yeah. because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Uh, the one thing, too, before that, as that's happening pretty much, uh, somebody should help Barry. Do you remember in that panel? They're all standing there talking. Barry is still laying on the ground. I had a woman out crawl cold. out of my mouth. <laughs> He's just out cold. Uh, but I you also don't, don't bounce back from something yeah, like that. Well, when they got to when they first got to the Rock of Eternity, I really did. You like Fla- uh, Shazam's talk? I, no, it was ridiculous. I'm telling you. Besides for a few instances throughout the New Fifty Two. I have not liked this revamp Shazam. I like the way he looks. Yeah, I like, I like his the fact look. that he's in Philadelphia as his hometown. I like Ooh, that. Yeah. But Philadelphia just, proud. Yeah, damn right. Yeah, I didn't like his dialogue at all. It's just it was a little asshole. Goofy. He's not it's, interesting. It's too goofy, and yeah, yeah. it's not funny. It, it's bad. It's like a forced thing to try to be light and funny. It's not. But I did like Hal and Metron going at it. Uh, we got a little call back to Godhead. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I didn't. Know, I don't know if I liked uh, Hal using Wikipedia in there. It kind of <laughs> seemed a little weird, but yeah, it was pretty good. And again, you get Wonder Woman then, and she wants to get the truth from Metron, so she lassoes him and Obviously. basically finds out that the only way they can do anything is to free the chair, take the chair from uh, Metron, which she does. And then Batman has to, you know, the, the chair's going to boom tube out. Crazy chair, Eric, that chair. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Batman went on. And I'm telling you, when Batman sits on the chair, those three panels or whatever those th- were awesome. They were oh so good. And the, the color work was incredible. It was really good. But then we get Batman. And, and, again, how does he realize he's still himself and everything's okay? Chair. Who killed my parents? <laughs> he never stops. It you never, that's, back to that, that's, Superman. that's his only thing. And obviously, we're going to get the two things that he thinks are the most important things in the world, I guess, is yeah. that who killed his parents. Joe and, Chill, okay. And I what's got that. the Joker's true name? And, and you son of a bitch. He's like, that's impossible. Yeah, it actually he, reminded he, me He a is lot. a keep it to himself Kenny and does yes. not tell the rest of us. I'm telling you, if he actually said that's impossible, I'd say to you right now that it's, it's his dad. Because that's the exact Star Wars quote, but it's not exact. He just says that's not possible. But right. yeah, I would have said something crazy that they're trying to, uh, you know, fool us with that. But uh, yeah, he doesn't tell anybody. I would they, blow shit up if it turned out to be Thomas Wayne in the end. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't think we're ever no. going to find out that this ever. Just, it's just what the heck is that? I don't know, Some man. It's crazy things going. Sounds like Mario's collecting coins. Yeah, I don't know. I'm right here by myself. I think your room's haunted Doing by myself, Mario. By myself, it might be. Uh, you know that the head of Nintendo died. We're probably going to hear about that in Dan's News. Nope. No. No. Nope. Oh, goodness, you had a preview of Dan's News while we had a little break. But yeah. Um, I the, edited it out. Di- oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Well, the yeah, guy like, was doing really good talking about comic books and then went into like a five-minute tear about this. I'm like, nope, good, let's keep it to comics. Gracious. Uh yeah, back to the Justice League. Um, I, it, it made me laugh. Actually, it really made me laugh that at the end when Batman's like, I'm a god now. He looks pretty badass, but it is kind of a joke to me that it's like, okay, like you said in your intro, that everybody gets pissed. Oh, it's the god Batman. Batman the god. And I think that was kind of a, a take on that as well. Just Agreed. Kind of and I loved people. it, though. I'm telling you, the whole point, like the whole reason to read this book is that opening with Darkseid and Batman sitting on the freaking Mobius chair. Mm-hmm. 
The whole um, middle, I could do without. If all you gave me was that opening and like it was an eight-page comic, I would have been fine um, with the three ninety-nine price tag. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little upset at the preview now, where we saw, we saw Bat- one will become a god, and we saw yeah. Batman, and we knew he was going to get on the chair. It kind of, it kind of makes it lackluster now. It kind of, uh, you know, diminished it a little. But man, it was awesome. That was, that's the, as they say in the reviewing business, Eric, that scene was worth the price of admission alone. <laughs> I used that today in a review, by the way. I gave this a 7.5 out of 10 because it's it's still a great book. Don't be discouraged by not me not giving it an epic score. It's a great story. It's just the middle part was a catch-up just to make sure that yeah. everybody knew what was going on. Uh, I, I would have given it an 8. I The art itself Art's was amazing. great. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's bookend by two great scenes. The the scene at the beginning with um, Darkseid is, is awesome, and it is scary and, uh, you know, foreboding and everything and again the end was incredible that should have again that should have been the biggest thing if we put up our um you know best panel of the week that him as a god is batman definitely. saying that i'm a god now is definitely the panel of the week i i really liked it uh my next book is superman wonder woman number 19 eric written by our friend peter tomasi <laughs> art by doug Mankey, jamie mendoza and will quintana The truth continues, and so does the fight between our favorite power couple and the Suicide Squad. While the dialogue was off at first, everything catches up and makes a pretty fun scene that ends without many answers. It all seems like a forced setup to remind us that Clark is depowered and bring up a sticking point for Superman. He doesn't want Wonder Woman worrying about him in a fight. By the way, Erica, he also might have problems with her making more money, and he never lets her drive. I really like the interaction between Clark and Diana in this issue, but the main draw is seeing that there is more to the depowerment than that lousy solar flare. I don't know what the seizure protocol is, but it doesn't sound good. The issue ends with Clark heading off to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, an address that changes all the rules. Jesus Christ. Yes. Ah, yes. Uh, I like this issue. I'm so, so with it. Well, here's the thing. I like this a lot more than a lot of the other truth issues we have gotten uh, recently. I know that me and you have argued on this podcast (laughs) ad nauseum. The only problem is the very beginning has them fighting the Suicide Squad. It's a pretty cool fight. Um, I thought it was fun. Like I said, I didn't. I thought the dialogue was off at first. Because at first, especially Boomerang does not seem to recognize Wonder Woman or Superman. And it may just be his the way he goes about it. His attitude. But it's just weird to be fighting Superman and Wonder Woman and address them as like, hey, that that woman, that lass is pretty tough, and her boyfriend is pretty tough too. It you just know what's even crazier? He that? decides to fight him with boomerangs. Yeah, he does, and Clark just grabs him. Of course he, he does. Remember, what the hell is he thinking? Did you see what, what he did with the boomerang then? He caught him. Yeah, and then what did he do? Did what you did see do? it? He threw it and it went in the reverse flashes back of it in his freaking thigh. Is that what happened? Oh, All yeah. of a sudden, I'm telling you, I looked at this panel and it looked like maybe Wonder Woman clotheslined him and he went flying. Well, I looks, had no yeah, idea what was going like on. It looks like she kicks him in the face right <laughs> as the boomerang goes into the back and, and it was hamstring. So he's <laughs> off. And then she throws him. I mean, I, I put in my notes, flat, reverse flash is about the most worthless fighter in this because he goes down quick. Um, but yeah, honestly, now that uh, Professor Zoom is back in continuity, I hope he just goes and kills him, and we nah. get done with this yeah, reverse, reverse flash. I really don't like him. Yeah, is it Danny West? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I he's, do not like he's him. He's nonsense. But again, um, uh, Tomasi, I really like his Harley. Harley was really good in this. She's fun enough. She wants to hit Superman over the head with her uh, her baseball Ballot. bat. Oh yeah, I, she has a baseball, baseball bat. Yeah. But in the same time, she's flirting with him. She's got <laughs> issues. She was pretty good. 
Um, Again, it's yeah. so crazy to me to think of Harley Quinn going up against Superman. I know, I know, but yeah, you know what? Any they, of these characters, they really. missionary. They spell it out. But yeah, they're fighting, and in the meantime, I think it was Deadshot realizes that Wonder Woman is, or they, Wonder Woman realizes that all of them are going after Clark. They're yeah. all centering on Clark, and then Wonder Woman's like, why are you centering on him? And she says, or he says, well, why are you protecting him so much? So they have that little bit. That puts the first seed into the uh, I don't want anybody to protect me thing of Superman. But then you get a pretty cool interaction with him and Black Manor. Because that, you get Black Manor who now realizes that, yeah, Superman's not the same. I, I think I might be able to take him. He even says, like... I thought he was badass well, in this issue, Black going, Yeah, well, going into the fight, you get the idea that Black Man is like, okay, we got to fight Superman. I'm going to do it, but man, he's going <laughs> to kick my ass. He's shocked. He's like, man, I don't think I could go toe-to-toe with you this long. Um, but then it ends. The fight ends, what you think it ends, and they really have found out nothing. Nope. This, this fight really is worthless. For It's ridiculous. But then out of nowhere, Deadshot stands up, and shoots both Wonder Woman and Superman. Wonder Woman, of course, it doesn't affect her. Um, and it reminded me a lot of the, like, uh, damn, if he would have said two days to retire. <laughs> that's all it reminded me of, of that crazy guy standing up at the end in slow motion, it would have been two, and shot him. And, and then Al comes out of nowhere from Die Hard and pulls his gun and shoots yep, him dead. and shoots him. And, um, yeah, Superman just, he gets the, the crap kicked on him by these bullets. So he falls down, and you're like, oh, no. And then... Me and you both have said this. The worst line of the week. Wonder Woman comes over and goes, oh, my God, your arm's in chest. And he goes, worse than it looks. What do you want from here? Some sympathy? Yeah. I don't understand what is this he qu- saying? It has to be a mistake. It has to be. It does ha- not come off right. It doesn't. It's like he should be saying, like, hey, it's not as bad it as looks it looks. It looks worse than it is. Yes, it looks worse. Than, but worse than it looks. <laughs> oh, God, I'm dying, Lois. Hold me. Uh, oh, so, Lois. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Diana. Oh, don't you cause that problem. There we problem. go, yeah. And then in the next weird bit, as they're walking away, Superman's hurt. They're walking away. And Diana, hold on, and picks up the Kent family freaking mailbox now we didn't talk about this beforehand and i didn't want to put you on the spot but i was going to what's that why is the kent family mailbox there they brought it with them did they last issue yeah i was, when, I was gonna when I he went not the, remember this yep, when like, he when they went and the houses were gone right. uh he had that he picked it up and off they went I, either that or those guys in town gave he had it he brought okay. that there so i didn't go back and look at the last no issue. that's the only like, reason that's I a think, weird thing to be no, chilling in the I know, graveyard. yeah in the graveyard i think that was there uh, or that scene was there because Wonder Woman had already seen how much that meant to him. So here, here's her motivation. And then she picks him up and flies him away, which I hey, know, Clark, I don't know worry, embarrasses him. You've got mail here. <laughs> oh God, you've got mail. When they, when Wonder Woman flies him, it it has to be the worst <laughs> for him. We already see that he doesn't want anybody to step in and like worry too much about him. There they are flying. Well, then that's you the get... best part because now he finally knows how Batman feels. Yeah, really, Bat. Well, usually when Batman, he'd get him like in the two arm deal and fly him <laughs> ahead. <laughs> she just grabs him one armed and just flies away. <laughs> so funny. But you also get that Amanda Waller was talking to a guy, and they're like, "Oh, did you see it? Yeah, I saw your task force go down. That that bit goes away." Well, then you see the guy and he's this uh, do you recognize him? not at all uh, there's been a lot you know on our site just people asking i do not recognize the guy at all should um, be vic sage yes it should be but it isn't uh unless he can change his look but and, she and wouldn't have, reading, she wouldn't have been this, what's that when i was reading this book though um to get ready for the podcast 
When he talks about the seizure protocol, I yeah. immediately thought about the soul seizure that Mind Warp has. He can come okay. out of his body and this what he calls a seizure soul. Okay. And that's all I could think of, but that doesn't make any sense yeah, for this book. Right. I just wanted to sit, bring it up out of yeah. nowhere for no, no we'll reason. See. Uh, the other thing about Vic Sage is that Amanda Waller hates his guts. There's no yeah. way that they'd be communicating like this. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the guys on the site said that he thought it might be somebody from when Simon Baz was around it was like a an agent an argus yeah, agent I, or, or whatnot uh who knows but i think it's just somebody you don't know yet that's my or you're gonna find out and it's gonna be like what that didn't look like him but yeah he uh actually is talking while he's watching i think he's giggling too because wonder woman's flying away with superman <laughs> and he has that on the thing and and you know what's weird too is right before amanda waller was talking they're like oh we lost we lost the feed. The minute she goes off, the feed's back. And it's only for a sec- couple seconds. But right. he's like, oh, and he, he says he appears, di- he, yes, he appears diminished. It's working. And I was like, what the hell is that? Then something else is involved. It's not just the solar flare, I guess. Nanobots. Um, maybe. Um, but, yeah, but then they go back to Clark's, like, uh, early, uh, yeah, it is, early um, Fortress of Solitude that he had at his grandfather's Little bomb shelter. Yeah, the bomb shelter, which I love. And I'm telling you, he is bruised up, something fierce there. Yeah. But I love the color work on that. I love it. It's that black and bright. It's crazy. Um, but I don't know. I like, the, I like the interaction between these two. I like that this is probably, of anything, with Clark being depowered, it's the first time that a little bit of dialogue between characters in a book seemed to me like it seemed real. Right. Like this is what Wonder Woman really would. Wonder Woman's afraid that he's going to be even more depowered. That I don't know. It came off like pretty soon you're going to be a normal guy, and I'm out of town. You know what but, it reminds me of? What's that? That Angel season one episode where Buffy first k- crossed over. I'll always remember. Yeah. yeah. Where uh, Angel got his soul back, wasn't a vampire anymore, and then he decided to turn back time to become a vampire because he couldn't be the weak one. He couldn't put Buffy in danger to try to rescue him all the time. No, oh, is that what it reminds you of? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, that's good. Uh, maybe Tomasi <laughs> just watched that. He had the box. Good episode. Yeah, it sounds great, Eric. They I haven't a watched Demon it. Samurai. But, yeah, I really like the, <laughs> the dialogue between them. Uh, like I said, it's it's actually seems to me like a real real thing. You know, it's a real concern of theirs. And Superman does not like to be the guy who is the weak one in the bunch. I really got behind the dialogue, but from where we went from there, we both had an issue. Yeah, well, then he looks over and he sees a snow globe, and it's with the White House. And I said to you when I first read it, I wanted you to check it out. said, when this – because I have a feeling that Clark – maybe Deadshot's – Bullets affected him a little too much. Got shot he, in the head a few times. He almost picks up that White House globe as if it is a crystal ball telling him that's what he has Magic to do Magic eight next. ball. It's so weird because he's like, hmm, I need to take a trip. I'm telling you, it's a good thing that when he was a kid, he didn't go to like the Grand Canyon or something <laughs> or freaking Disneyland. Off he go. And he's like, I got to uh, take a Earth trip. Space Science Center. Yes. And, and uh, she's like, I'm going with you. No, no. And as he's walking away, he's like walking with the snow globe. It's like a hokey movie or something. Yeah. Uh, but then he shows up at the White House. He conks out some guards. And then he just walks into the, the president. And the president's on the phone. I, I don't know why the president's in such darkness on this phone, but he's on the phone. And Clark, Clark shows up and is like, hey, I got to tell you, Mr. President. And his eyes are glowing red. And it's an awesome looking panel. It seems off to me. It seems like he should be more depowered than having the... But maybe the he doesn't have the heat vision right now. It just has a really kick-ass glow. <laughs> it's like the intimidating eyes. And then um, 
the presidents on the phones like basically hey he's here i gotta go and then it ends and it i i think you're well you're supposed to think that the government's against him completely i i don't think that's the case i don't think the the president is against him i think the president is going to be with him and they're going to find out that whatever is going on with the seizure protocol and all this is some rogue uh unit like a yo uh you know, even it was Argus, but right. they're doing something on their own. I, I think that that's like a, a red herring with the president. I think when he saw that, he realizes this is who I have to go to find out what's going on. And I don't know. Who's the president right now there? Obama. It doesn't look like Obama to me. And the weird thing is, not that they're making you seem to think that because it's ridiculous. It looks like Lex to me from from that, uh, you know, shadowy look there but obviously it's not yeah but it can't just, tell who the hell it is it definitely is, looks like a bald guy though so i don't see it. and i love how he he goes to see the president he's just bringing the guards in and i want to know when the white house only has two guards watching because that's all it seems that he knocked out to get in but he should be arrested immediately Aaron. oh yeah secret sir i'm saying yeah. if the government wasn't against him before they definitely yeah, are yeah. now but i actually think the the president's going to be with him i do not uh i gave this i actually gave this an eight seven uh because of the dialogue and because we're getting something going forward. This issue, obviously, at the beginning had a little retread of, hey, he's depowered, whatever. We're actually getting something moving forward in the, uh, in the story and a mystery of what's going on with this depowerment and all that. So I don't know. The only part of this book I really enjoyed was the dialogue between Diana and Clark in the bomb shelter and the art. That's the only bit yeah, of the, the book I really like. So I probably would have given this a 6.8 yeah, to a 7. Yeah. Like I said, I gave it a higher score only because I think this pushes this truth story a little forward. It, and the characters finally seemed right. Yeah, Unlike yeah. Superman, Batman, or Batman, yeah, Superman. Yeah, Superman seemed like the, a standard guy. I liked him. But yeah, the next issue I loved, Eric. Oh, the next issue I really fucking love, man. Uh, Martian Manhunter number 2, written by Rob Williams with art by Eddie Barrows, Eber Ferreira, and Gabe Altieb. I gotta take a breath here. Right. Yeah, you gotta take a breath. Martian Manhunter wants to die before he hurts anyone else, but the Justice League doesn't think that's the best option. So John hurts them, or so we think. After jumping around throughout the story between Martian Manhunter's suicide attempt, a thief in Dubai named Pearl, who is on the run from disguised white Martians, and Mr. Biscuits trying to get on a train with his chi- children friends, we eventually find out the epic battle between our main Martian and the Just League has all been uh, a thought implanted into their, our favorite heroes' minds. God, I can't talk. No. <laughs> it's, oh, Jesus. It's I'm dying. Much, it's too much of that, uh, those muscle relaxers. Uh, I'm not taking They're them coming back. Time. Get a drink. Heroes' minds. And before they could get back to John, he vaporizes himself in a very sweet moment. It looks like it's up to Mr. Biscuits to stop the White Martian invasion. Mm. Are you, did you continue that like mid-word, thinking I'm going to edit that cough and shit out? No, absolutely I'm not. not. I didn't think you would. People are going to love you. Oh, God, I'm fucking dying over here. Oh, yes. The I'm worst part is I, I got to lean up to freaking read this damn thing, and my neck it feels like it's just going to snap off at any moment. Keep talking about Angel Season 1. I'll do it for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, this was a great issue. Yeah, oh my god. While I originally thought that this was going to be an okay series after reading the first issue, yeah. now I think it's going to be an amazing series because of what Rob Williams has given us in this. Well, again, and I'll, I'll just say right off the bat, this is probably my favorite um, series so far of incorporating that sneak peek yeah. in with the series. Because, man, if you haven't read the sneak peek, you're a little lost here. But if you have, it's all, everything ties in already. And it's such a good story. There's a crazy mystery of what's going on. That it, has, it really has everything. The art's awesome. 
That's so good. After having everything we've ever known about John turned on its head here, like him being the last of his kind and his family dying, we find out that John was simply built to be a weapon by the white Martians Mm -hmm. and that all his memories were just simply implanted. Yeah, and the great thing is... That is so fucked up. Yeah, and he didn't know it until he saw that white Martian on the moon. And the sneak peek, yeah. And it was awesome. It makes sense. And he is so screwed up. And... I'm telling you, I have said on this podcast, I say it to you at least once a week, I don't like Martian Manhunter. I know. I love him. I love this book now. This is, maybe it's because I didn't read a lot of other Martian Manhunter stories, but this makes him. Not a lot out there. (laughs) But this makes him, it's such good character work. Yeah. That when you're reading it, you're just like, holy crap, I like this guy. And then all of a sudden, two issues in, I'm I'm getting sad about him. I I fucking shed a tear. Yeah, yeah. And I, again, they really did a good job too because Superman shows up, and the you know half of the Justice League. Yeah, and, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Flash. And it's it makes sense. It's not just hey, we're going to throw the Justice League in. In fact, I was actually a little. I knew that Superman was going to show up because of this the preview. Yeah. that we got. But besides that, I would end the cover. I I put. They didn't push it. It's not like this. This isn't like uh, if the Justice League would show up in a book 10 issues in and it's like this grab to try to get anybody to read. It makes complete sense. It it's does. so good. And for a little bit there, I thought about like this uh, Martian Manhunter wants to kill himself. Superman and the Justice League show up and he's all like, look, I need to do this. You guys need to back off. Sorry, John, we can't let you. And then he flips out, becomes a gigantic monster and starts battling him. Yeah. And for a second when I started reading this, I thought this maybe was like outside of. Oh, I actually, I, I want to say this because it's obviously not because we have the truth Superman in it. Yeah. And the new, like, Wonder Woman costume and whatnot. But I always jump back to that one scene about when Martian Manhunter was supposedly became part of the Justice League and they had to get rid of him because he flipped out and attacked everybody. Yeah, yeah. I still want to know what happened with that, but this is what it reminds me of. Yeah. And I wanted to be a part of that. But um, the fight between the Manhunter and the Justice League, did you think it was cooler that. Like when it was happening or when we found out it didn't actually happen. Well, I will read my exact notes, Eric. I put, Martian Manhunter fighting Cyborg, Wonder Woman, and Flash was awesome. And finding out he was just mind-controlling them makes me, uh, to make them think it was, was even better. That's what I'm saying. It I could so, not believe how much so that much hyped it up more. Uh, in fact, because basically while he's fighting, while they think he's fighting, he's basically going with a, uh, you think I'm a weapon, then I'll show you a weapon. Bro. And he's just, boom, and he's going in. It didn't seem off. It seemed yeah. like he was very angry. He wanted to get them out of the way so that he could uh, kill himself. Yeah. And maybe even that they could kill him. Don't know. Though suicide make, by Justice League? Suicide by Justice League, even though our little theory, wouldn't that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then all of a sudden when Superman's there and they're like, it was epic. And then, I, oh, my God. The he, battle yeah. was a thing of myths. It was all in their head, and that was so good. That made Martian Manhunter just so much more badass that they think that they're fighting him. And uh, He's just so setting good. up the machine to kill himself. Yeah, it was just so good. Um, and I know that you didn't like the part with Pearl. Yeah, Pearl and, is uh, definitely Dubai. the weakest point of the story well, for me. I think that they, you know, they put that in there so that you know... That she has a link well, with yeah, Martian Manhunter, and that she, you know, that she's connected to him. That's it. So yeah, that was a little bit overdone uh, to me. I was yeah. talking to people in the comments though, because like I believe not like because in this book, John actually goes through and kills himself, and the yes. and it was it was so great. I'm telling you, this is why I started crying because right before he did, Justice League are trying to get to him, and he says out loud, "It was good to be a hero," and he with a tear in his eye, and I got some, I'm fucking zombie. Oh God, Martian Manhunter, don't tell him that he vaporizes himself. Yeah. But 
now that he's dead, we had Dr. Helen Demoff say beforehand, this machine was created to open up wormholes for interstellar travel, but all she can get it to do is vaporize 97% of the things. I think them. it's actually 94 94 or whatever. Yeah, 94, but yeah, it doesn't matter. But we yeah, have a few percent left. So a few percent left, which I don't know what that means. That, because, you know, what what 6% is left? Yeah, but I really like going through this book, and I was talking to people on the on the comments about yeah. it. I believe that Pearl, which is this thief in Dubai, is getting chased by white Martians. She has a connection to Jean we see, and for somehow she can, you know, leap hundreds of yards out of nowhere. Yeah. That her... Mr. Biscuits, and even somebody said that uh, FBI agent that was in the first issue, yeah. are all parts of John that were created by him like subconsciously as a failsafe in case he does die. He can come back together. They're all aspects of him. It's like the doctor, isn't it? He's no, not regenerate. like the No, it's not like the doctor. Yeah, I actually don't think Pearl's going to be involved in that. I think she's going to be with him. I don't think she's a part of him. Okay, I'm just saying I'm throwing shit out there because I don't see any other reason because I really find her part to be the weakest part of the story. I actually think that if there's anything, he has made her into something that's going to have to help his regeneration happen. And, um, yeah, and Mr. Biscuits definitely. Even Mr. Biscuits knows right when John dies. Yeah. And he even says, oh, that was brave of him. I didn't see that coming. You and, and me both, Mr. Biscuits. Yeah, Shit, it's only the yeah. second issue. Yeah, and he's crying and dying. There's Mr. <laughs> Biscuits. Yeah, I, Mr. Biscuits scares me a bit. Does he? <laughs> he scares little, my girlfriend, he's too. He's a little crazy looking. It's funny. I, did the, I read the book. I did my review. And I was just so, like, an awestruck of this goddamn issue yeah. that I started reading the parts of Martian Manhunter to her. And I started welling up again. I'm like, the second time I read it, it was even more beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's but, so good. The book looks amazing. There was a ton of action, and it had heart, as corny as that is. Yeah, it did. And I, I'm sorry, this is my pick of the week, the best book of the week. I if agree. There's, if there's one big book you should pick up besides Justice League this week, it is fucking Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Rob Williams has totally turned my freaking mind on this character. I told, in the you, solo book. told you that Rob Williams had some talent. Damn right. He's nine out of stuff. ten. Yeah, I actually would have given it a nine-seven. I liked yeah, it that much. I'm I know when I told you that. Of the pearl. Yeah, you didn't like that pearl, but I liked it. It has to. You have to have it in there. I know. Just to you show have to that connection. The story. Yeah. Um, even though, like, like you said, the I jumped thousands, hundreds of yards, and stuff like that. It, it, it did seem a little overdone. Um, but it was good. But everything else, uh, Mr. Biscuits is great. Even though uh, when I first read through it, for some reason, when the police come up after he stops the train, right? I thought that he, she, the girl was yelling, the cookie police were coming. <laughs> it was actually him. And, he yeah. got, and then I'm like, he is now a child kidnapper. And he's crazy. He's a we kidnapper. Got, running. What are we doing, Mr. Biscuits? Stopping the Martians, of course. Yeah, Damn yeah right, that's, Mr. A, that's a great end. Uh, and not only that, like um, I know we, like, we want to move on, but... When uh, Martian Manhunter is talking to Dr. Helen Demoff about this machine and how he wants to die, there's a thunderclap. And she's like, yeah. wow, that was really loud even for Florida. And they're like, no, it's something else. And then we get the panel where Superman is yep, there. Superman shows up with And that. for some reason, Martian Manhunter just saying, look, a spaceman. Yeah. That um, is an epic way to – I have no idea why it's so awesome to me. It's just so um, great. Theo, I'm going to get to that part because I, I wondered about that part because he's talking – and then as he says that, it almost is in the way that Mr. Biscuits talks a little. I, it almost seemed to me like it was like part of Mr. Biscuits being – it was weird. It was a very uh, odd way for him to address it because obviously he knows Superman. 
Yeah, I think, it just, that's why I liked it so much. Yeah. I like, look, I'm a Martian. Look, a spaceman. Yeah. It, oh, to me, so it, it actually just came off as like a Mr. Biscuits line. I don't know if it was meant to be or it was supposed to be like he's like in tune with Mr. Biscuits right then, but it really did come off as that. But yeah, I, like I said, I would have given it a 9.7 out of 10 there because I always go higher because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> but now we are up with Ryan Clark's uh, other side, Brightest Daycare, Ryan Clark's other side segment. He is doing the Island number one, Eric. Yeah, I had no idea what this yeah, book was. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I have the solicit that said pretty deadly artist Emma Reyes and King, King City prophet and multiple warheads writer-artist Brandon Graham bring you a new ongoing comics magazine. Each issue holds three issue-length chapters and new work from various creators around the globe. Printed oversized with no ads, Eric. Oh. Um, yeah, it's a long comic. I'm really shocked that, that Ryan did this one. And we have both listened to a segment. He seems a little sad. Yeah, a little down. Doesn't he seem down on it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, maybe he was like, hey, I told Jim that I'm going to do this long-ass book, and now i got to talk about it. Because, <laughs> yeah, he seems a little upset about it. I don't know how the people think, but I hope Ryan's not out there with, like, a, a rope around the, his ceiling. And Jesus, I don't know why the ceiling fan he's swinging somewhere, because I haven't heard from him since he sent it. Right. So I, I hope you're okay, Ryan. I hope everything's all right. You, both you, do. you don't have to keep doing Island comic. You get back <laughs> to the normal things. I had a couple suggestions for him this week. He didn't go with me. He said, "No, I'm going to do this." He put it. He tightened up that belt strap, Eric. Because <laughs> you don't piss on hospitality. <laughs> he, he didn't piss on hospitality. And here is Ryan Clark doing Island Number One. Hello, and welcome to another weekly edition of The Other Side. Uh, this week. Mark's episode 22 of The Other Side here on the Weird Science Geeky Comics podcast. Um, I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark. And this week I'm bringing uh, something a little different uh, outside of the ordinary choice for the week. And I'm reviewing Island Number 1, which is an anthology series from Image Comics. Uh, this book is <clears throat> overseen by Brandon Graham, uh, who uh, create, uh, worked on multiple warheads and was the uh, creative force behind the Prophet reboot, that 90s Rob Liefeld book that saw new life recently that I've actually been rereading and, and enjoying. Um, and along with him on this book, he has... Um, Emma Rios, who did artwork for Kelly Sue's Pretty Deadly, uh, as well as um, the artist for uh, Eight House Arclight, Brendan Graham's monthly book through Image currently, uh, Marion Churchland. Uh, there was a, uh, a, a short story, a written short story, or a memoir uh, that Kelly Sue contributed. And there's also a artist, uh, Ludrow, that contributed a short story to the book as well. Um, this was a little different than what I was expecting from, from an anthology series and from these creators uh, through Image. It was a, it's a pretty hefty book. It's oversized from a normal uh, monthly issue, so it's... it's a, you know, prestige-bound magazine format uh, anthology book, which is a very neat change. 
uh, for something like this, and uh, the different stories were were unique, but um, altogether, I think it it didn't really deliver as much for me as I was expecting for an eight dollar comic book. The first story I really liked that was written, uh, drawn by Emma Rios, um, which is the story called ID, and it seems to focus on these three characters who are um, having some very close conversations about the possibility of changing bodies, which I think is a pretty high concept idea for a story. Uh, I think that as the as her chapter of the book continues, it will have a lot more interesting uh, twist and turns. I think the plot could could go some fun places, and her artwork is is really really beautiful. I've I've liked what I've seen from her work on Pretty Deadly. So the first chapter of this started out really strong, and um, the the second portion is um, a memoir, a short essay by Kelly Sue DeConnick called Railbirds. And it was a, a really beautiful story about um, Maggie Estep, who was sort of a, a mentor, mentor and close friend of Kelly's when she was sort of working on trying to become a writer while living on the East Coast. It was really, really heartfelt and touching, and I really liked the illustrations that... Uh, were interspersed along with the story that were actually done by Emma Rios, who is her collaborator for Pretty Deadly and who wrote the first story as well. So it was a nice, soft transition there from the first story into the essay. The uh, second section was Multiple Warheads, which is a book that I've heard a lot about but never actually read. And having seen this short story, it kind of makes sense that this would be the kind of thing that uh, Brandon would work on quite so much, and it really shows his influence for um, the things that he's done in The Prophet and some of the other stuff that I've seen him work on. There's a very specific style that he has that comes across in both of those, but being that Multiple Warheads is a, a pretty established property. I was a little little bit at a loss for what was going on in the story there. I thought the art was beautiful, but the the story itself was kind of hard to follow because I have no background in the book at all. The the final story is probably my my favorite because it was the most unexpected in the book, and it's called Daggerproof Mummy by Ludrow, and it really kind of has the sort of look and feel of the classic sort of black and white or uh, spot-colored uh, older Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles books, and it definitely feels like it's from that era because it's about um, skate punks in this sort of dystopian New York City and these weird mutated cat people that seem to run the gangs in that area. And then there's a character who is a skateboarding mummy who is sort of the 
street street cleaning vigilante, and I I liked uh, the way that he looked. How he just kind of has one exposed eye under all the the mummy bandages, and how he's the sort of unstoppable force, and is the guy who beats up all the the bad guys in the story. Um, visually, I think that was probably the most uh, interesting, the most unique look to the book. Plus, it was a, a, a very self-contained story, so it was a lot of fun to read. Um, there was a, a small sort of epilogue, three-page comic at the end that just kind of seemed like another one of the um, sort of high-concept, um, very intelligent comic shorts uh, that was was interesting to read, but that kind of lost me when it started out talking about uh, Federico Fellini and how he creates art. Um, uh, the uh, the book itself was was really interesting, and it's nice to see that creators are still uh, taking opportunities to make uh, anthology books and give all these different creators a platform to make new and different stories. Unfortunately for me, um, the $8 price tag for three regular-sized stories, really only one of which was able to meet and exceed my expectations, uh, for me probably means I'm not going to pick another issue of this up unless there is a creator or a property brought in that's something that is a, a can't-miss uh, can't story being printed in another upcoming issue of Island. Um, other things that I've been reading lately, I've just got around to reading Punisher Year One, which was a really fun and interesting read. I actually read the Batgirl of Burnside trade, so um, I really like that, and I don't know what Jim and Eric were so so down on it for. It actually seemed uh, pretty decent, and I've also got uh, things I'll be talking about again soon. Uh, Jeff Lemire's The Nobody from Vertigo, and I picked up uh, Batman Under the Cowl from Grant Morrison and Jeff Johns in trade, uh, which should be fun to read, along with the fourth volume of Mind Management from Matt Kent at Dark Horse, which is a series I've really, really enjoyed reading so far. The first three volumes were weird and, and interesting and fun, and his art style is just un, unreal. So if you haven't had a chance to pick up Mind Management, I highly suggest checking that out. It's a really, uh, really unique comic book that's, uh, you know, definitely something different for anyone who's looking for a new, unique thing to read out there currently. Uh, that's really it for me for this week. Uh, as always, you can find my written reviews at my website, uh, brightestdaycare.com. Just last night, my third episode of the Brightest Daycare podcast dropped on iTunes, so you can go to iTunes and subscribe, or you can stream it directly from my website, brightestdaycare.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at BDC Comics as well as you can find pages for me on Facebook, Google+, and Tumblr. And until next week, I'll see you 
on the other side. And we're back, Eric. Woo oh, wait. Wow. Boy, I'm picking up the pace here because, boy, Ryan, he is down. It's up to us to pull up by the bootstraps. Get going. No, I'm down Boom. now. <laughs> You're down. You're, you've been down this whole night and day and whatever. You're Have I? A little. I think this whole neck thing is really, really messing you up. I feel like I'm in a halo right now. Yeah, halo. The game halo? No, you know what You're I'm Master about? Chief? I am Master Chief. <laughs> Is that what they call you down at the truck stop, Master Chief? Yeah, yeah. I wish I had something to file, but no, I don't. I don't know what you're saying, that you feel like you're in a halo. You don't know those halos? Like when you break your neck, they put you in? Oh, that's what they're called? Yeah. I didn't even know. I always, I would like to imagine you're there with the neck brace and your arms extended out <laughs> and like with the sticks that go between. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. That would make me laugh. I'd go over and just laugh at you. Kick, knock those sticks out and smash you over the head with a guitar. Reminds me when I was a kid. Uh, uh, you got I smashed a, over the head with a guitar? No, I had a lot of knee problems in my oh. early 20s. And I, was, I fucked up my knee. I don't even remember how doing it anymore. But I, got, I was wearing a knee brace. And I went down to my buddy's uh, like house. We were having a party in the basement. Well, not a party, but a get-together. Mm-hmm. And I'm hobbling around. And my buddy Feldman comes up behind me and kicks out my good knee. Nice. And then I can't support myself on the bad one. So I topple over. Mm-hmm. He's laughing something fierce. We jump to a week later. I'm sitting down. Now we're having a party. A bunch of people are over. I'm sitting there having a few beers. Pretty drunk at this point. My buddy Damien sits next to me. And he's like, yo, man, there's Feldman over there. Remember when he kicked your knee out the other week? And, <laughs> he, he was stirring and, the pot. Yeah, and then he hand, and he puts a corkscrew in my hand. I think you should better take care of this. Jeez. So, And I'm, at this point, I'm drunk. I'm like, you know what? I should. I walk up, turn him around, and then shove this thing in the side of his ear. Really? Yeah. You're I'm nice telling you, in my early 20s, you would not even recognize me for how angry of a person I was. You're angry. Yeah, I never wore – well, I'm going to tell you. I used to wear ne- uh, two knee braces when I'd play right. hockey, and I would go play hockey. Now, this is more of street hockey because I'd have shorts on, Yeah. and I'd have these knee braces on. And I'd go, and then warm-ups, I'd, I'd limp, and it, it was all it was all over the <laughs> and, and I'd be, ah, ooh, and then the game would start, boom, I'm off. And that was just one of the other ways that I would try to screw with people. It was psychological warfare. Oh, yeah. I'd have, like, freaking elbow brace on and all this crap. (laughs) A halo. Oh, if they could have brought me in on a gurney and, ah, I got to play one game. But, yeah, I used to do crazy (laughs) stuff like that. It used to be fun. Ah, yes. You know what else was fun? This next book, Eric. I know you don't like it as much as I did, but it is Black Canary number 2, written by our best friend, Brendan Fletcher, (laughs) art by our other best friend, Annie Wu, I don't think she even knows. I was going to say, she know who And uh, Lee Lowridge. Lee Lowridge knows us. I think he has um, talked to us a couple times. What do you think of that? You know what he said? He said thanks. All right. Last issue ended with with Dinah demanding that the band learn some combat techniques, and that's where we start here. It was fun watching Heathcliff get the crap kicked out of him, and Paloma is a natural with a gun. But it's ditto that I fell in love with all over again. Gross. They are still being pursued by those mysterious ninjas, but the show must go on. After a couple of gigs, they run into more trouble. Their old lead singer, Maeve. It leads to some tension. Maeve. Maeve. It leads to some tension, and Dinah promises to leave the band once their contract is fulfilled. The issue ends with Dinah and Ditto guitar shopping and suddenly being attacked by one of those ninjas who Ninja. just happens to be Kurt Lance. Dun, dun, uh, dun. You, uh, you stole my dun-dun-dun. I know. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, 
I'll, I'll tell you right now, maybe the thrill of getting that preview copy, may, maybe I should have put that as a disclaimer that I got yeah. there. But I really do like this issue. I read it again, 9.3. I'll get, I'll get it right out of the way. I gave it a 9.3, 9.3 out of 10. It That's made, the problem with getting free issues like that. It kind of compromises your viewing no, integrity I, I really a bit. Enjoy, I think it was just the thrill of getting it that night. It wasn't yeah. even just like, hey, he gave me a free issue. I bet. No, I was just so excited. Um, I know. I really do like this issue. It's a lot of setup. It's a lot of story setup. There's yeah. not a lot going on. I do like everything in the book. There's not a part of this book that I don't like. Um, but if I would have went back again just a little uh, before the, its time, I probably would have given it an eight, eight five. Right. Uh, but no, I, I really like it. I love the art. I love the the way it looks. Uh, to me, this it at points it always looked like a uh, like a punk rock poster. Yeah, come to life. But this one is more of like an old west style. It even looks a little because we're in a goddamn desert. Well, for we half are. Of it. We're in a desert for half of it. But it even reminds me a little of like all star western a little, which is <laughs> I, I do like it. I love the part where it's right away that she's showing Dinah showing them how to shoot a gun, Paloma right. how to shoot a gun. But then they're like, hey, we'll get to the hand to hand, or they're like, oh, at least it act. That's what it is. Heathcliff's like, you think that's bad? You should see the hand to hand. And did you look at that full? Little panel where it's with the almost figure one, with the figure, figure one. Two. It's like a diagram I like that of a lot. Do, do you remember what the last part is? No. It is Dinah leaning over with a medical pack. <laughs> I did not even see that. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I didn't see it till the second time, actually. She has the, the medical, like almost the bag. And he's grabbing his nose. <laughs> he, he's she's either broken his nose, and then when you see him, he does have like a bandaid over his nose, which is hilarious. But yeah, I really like that. But then um, I got I got to pay more close attention to this no, when we're doing it was, just for the podcast yeah, because yeah. I missed that completely, and that sounds uh, hilarious. It was the funniest part because he's like trying to fight. She gets him in a headlock, then throws him over, and then the next panel, she's leaning over, playing medical aid. <laughs> um, but yeah, this whole thing. Even it's weird. Hold on, hold on. I just kind of like that whole figure one, figure two, though, with this yeah. whole training montage. It also reminds me of that when they're doing it in Police Academy. Yeah. It, Can you, yeah. I just imagine her straddling his with face her, afterwards. Who's next? Me, me, me. What it reminded me of, actually, is my uh, buddy Brent is a like fifth degree black belt with <laughs> some craziness. And he had a lot of books and charts with those things. So it even made me laugh because I used, used to, to make fun of those things. movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's crazy. He, any t- sort of a uh, martial arts movie starts ripping the pit. That's not a real move. And murder. Shut the fuck up, Brett. Yeah. Yeah. He does. I know that he does that Gracie, um, stuff where it's more, you know, choke holds and you choke people out. It's I not fun to see is. in a movie. <laughs> That's not fun. Uh, he's pretty tough though, that guy. So I hope he doesn't listen to this. It'll kill me. But he hasn't oh, talked God. to me in years. But yeah, we um then uh Dinah's hanging out with Ditto and I'm telling you, I love Ditto. And she doesn't she doesn't talk. At all. But I just like I love her facial expressions. I just I want to protect her, Eric. She's so like cute. Like when she reached her hand up to Dinah? Yeah. She's like, just oh, so cute. Sweetie. Yeah, and, and then, then like... even at the point where um later when Dinah's dying her hair and she's like, You guys go practice more moves. And I'm going to continue with her. Hey, Ditto, you stay here. And she just looks up at her, and it's so cute. Just it's, watching her. Yeah, she's so cute. Again, she's. I like, had a problem with that part, though. Why? These fuckers are goddamn rock stars, right? Yeah. Okay. 
why are they so shocked at somebody dyeing their hair like it's going to hurt? It's, and well, I'm like, what are you talking about? Actually, the only thing I can think of is when you she's like bleaching her hair and dyeing it as well. I think that what she's doing is something that you definitely don't just apply it on the top of your head. It's going to burn your scalp. I used to do that every yeah, week. Well, she, you know, it's almost like when I saw um, Rambo and they were going to shave him. And it was before I shaved. <laughs> and I like didn't that. know anything about They're like, we're going to shave him. Okay, we'll get the shaving cream. No, dry. And I'm like, what, what's wrong with that? I shaved dry. Of course, I was 15. Yeah. I had like nothing in a Bic razor. I had no idea what that meant. Uh, and neither did you, Eric. But Should yeah, I know I was 18. Um, they're in the middle of the desert. And um, Heathcliff comes like, I saw something. I saw something. And uh, they're there. And it's, something was out there, a shimmer. And even um, I think um, Byron even sees it, too. It might even be Byron the whole time. But they... They saw a shimmer. So Dinah goes out. It's like I looked through something through frosted yeah. glass. And Dinah goes out, and you see, we see that it's those ninjas. They're in some crazy ass, what appears a to be like a, a blimp cloak ship type of thing. She reaches out to touch them and goes, hey, guys, we got to get the hell out of here. Um, now, this is going to lead to the end. I have a little theory for you. But in the meantime. But this is a point, though, I want to stop okay. because I have a problem with this as well. What's your problem? Well, we have this idea that she knows that there's a cloak ship out there, yes. and either Heathcliff or Byron, I don't recall yeah, who it is Yeah, it's point. weird. I thought it was, but now I'm looking at it, it's, um, I think Heathcliff might have seen it at first, I'm not sure. Okay, it doesn't really matter yeah, what yeah, we're yeah. talking about. But we have this idea, like they see this thing, they're not sure what they saw, but they, they think there's something out there. Mm-hmm. But it seems pretty close, right? Mm-hmm. But we have that. Somehow, Maeve snuck onto the goddamn yeah. tour bus. And then ran off when Steiner showed up. Where did Maeve come from and where did she go? How did they not see a car drive up in the middle of this desert, but they see a shimmer of a goddamn cloaked ship? Actually, the thing is, if you look at it, if you're going through, they see this stuff. They're like, we got to get out of here, blah, blah. And then it goes to that part where they show them going all over the country in the bus. Yeah. So I think that that's between there. They've seen this shimmering ship. Now they're back on the road. They have a bunch of shows. They, Doesn't it seem the Maeve parts of the desert as well? Well, it is, but I think they made a mistake by putting it in something that looked very similar. Because even in this, if you look, in the Polaroid-type looks of yeah. that awful-sounding so, uh, Burnside, Burnside tofu. tofu. <laughs> That's, I think, Which I kind of like. Yeah, I know, because you would have made that crazy freaking <laughs> thing. I, I'm, I'm assuming that's a blog. Yeah. Uh, the Burnside Tofu. Uh, in that, you see Maeve is in the audience. That's one of the Polaroids. She's there drinking okay. it up. She's there. So they're there, and then, then she's dying the hair, and then they're out fight, doing their, their fighting, and that's when they hear the uh, Maeve shows up. She's playing the, the thing. I don't know how she got on the bus. It's, yeah. It is a little ridiculous. And um, then she just ran off to nowhere. I like Maeve, though. Yeah. I think Maeve might have been like an, uh, what's it, what do they call it, illusion? Uh, freaking, not illusion. Yes. And when you're in the desert. Like a mirage. Was, uh, she mirage, was a mirage. Well, think... And in fact, when they run up to the bus, there's actually some grass around the bus, so they're not in the deep desert air. <laughs> but uh, the one thing that I didn't like about that scene, again, I like, I like this issue. Yeah, you like the book. Um, Dinah comes off as a real bitch because she's there. She's out. She has the towel over her head. She's dyeing her hair. Yeah. And they're, they're talking to Maeve. And then... Um, Diana comes out of nowhere. She's just standing there, almost like the badass that I said, how with the one leg up, when you right. said that's how all badasses smoke, <laughs> leaning and with the leg up. And she goes, hey, I'm allergic to trouble. Oh, no, that's not it. I meant I'm allergic to show off jerks. I'm like, where did that come from? And then they have the showdown, like the, the Old West movies, the, where it's the eyes, eyes, mouth. 
<laughs> that made me laugh. But then, yeah, I think she gets out of town because she thinks she's going to get her ass kicked. <laughs> she just leaves. Um, but then they go shopping for guitars, her yeah. and uh, Ditto. They're talking. Now, this is where I have a theory. Dinah sees the ninja, correct? All right. I don't think he was there to attack them at all. He was just there. I think that he was there. I don't think that the, the ninjas are after them. I really don't. I think that they're around to protect Ditto. They, because that other thing were those shadow monsters. Yes. She, like I said, she sees the guy and he's like, no. And then she's like, oh, you're mad because I see you. And they start fighting. He, get, he, knows, he knows her, gives her that uh, voice. Um, the sonic, the sonic inhibitor. inhibitor. And then they fight. Knocks her out and finds out that it's Kurt. I think Kurt and this organization, whoever it is, are there to protect them, not to hurt them. Right. And uh, that's why I, it kind of comes off with the when the, she sees the ship and like, we got to get out of there. What, they could have easily just attacked them right there and killed them. They weren't Great. ready. And so, yeah, I think that we're going to find out that Kurt and his organization, whatever it is, is um, he's not with them anymore. Because she even says, it. it's my husband if. if I know who he's with. When then we're in big trouble, I think that they're actually there to protect them. Um, I, I like the fact that we find out. Well, we realized in the first issue, but it seems that Ditto's power is a guitar-style sunglasses from They Live. Yeah, because once she plays the guitar, you can yeah, see you the can freaking see monsters and, for what they are, and maybe, or even the cloaked yeah, people. And maybe that's what the whole deal is. Maybe that's why they're after her because she has something to do with exposing them. I'm just like, waiting down live. the line where Ditto gets into a fight with Keith David. Just, just play <laughs> the guitar. I'm telling you, if Keith David comes in and <laughs> she's like, just play, she has to talk, of course. But just play the guitar. I'm not playing no guitar. They start fighting <laughs> through the alleys that last like 50 hours, like this podcast. I like the art, though, a lot. I did give it a 9.3. Again, yeah. I might go back on that and say 8.5, uh, but I really did like it. It was an okay issue. I'm telling you, as much as I you know, have had a problem with Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher and all that stuff in the cartoon hey, Cameron style. Cameron Stewart is not involved here, Eric. I'm just saying, because um, this is a take off of the Batgirl yeah, series. It's it it a spinoff to a degree. I like it better, though. Yeah, so do I. A lot better. And the thing is, I like the art in this book. I like the idea. Yeah. I thought I wouldn't at first, but it grabbed a hold of me, and I enjoy that. I think I would have given it a seven. Well, that's that's fine. Like I like that we're getting a little um, a little background of kind of the band forming and how it's not a real band. I like that. And I still haven't. The only issue I really have with the premise is that in my mind. Black Canary is 40 years old. Yeah, I know. I also and she's just starting her rock and roll career with a bunch of kids. It's weird, too, because if somebody asks me, like, hey, what's Black Canary about? I'd, I'd have a real hard time really describing. Rock and about. roll, it's, son. It's more of a, of a feel. After I get done, yeah. that I like it. But, yeah, I like it. I enjoy it. What's next? Next, we have Robin, Son of Batman, number two, written by Patrick Gleason with art by Patrick Gleason, Mick Gray, John Cleese, and Jeremy Cox. Damien begins his atonement for his year of blood by going back to a village in South America where he originally cut the head off of the village's giant stone protector and kept it as a trophy. Now he's back, and he returns the head to the body, and we find out that the Guardian is a bit pissed about his decapitation. After teaming up with the daughter of nobody who was out there to do a little decapitating herself, the duo stop the cartel that have taken over the village in the Guardian's absence, and the people determine that Damien is a hero, and the Guardian stops his pissed-off rampage. As the story ended, we find out that nobody will tag along with Robin to make sure that he atones for his past. But when he's done, she'll have her vengeance for, against him for killing her father. Yes. I have a problem just because um, I'm a bit biased, I want to say. Where it says Robin, son of Batman. Mm-hmm. 
I have a preconceived notion about what a Robin story entails. And now we get a bunch of like enchantments and mysticism and giant stone protectors. It does not feel like a Robin. I'm telling you, if this was called Damien, yeah. I don't know if that would make me feel better, but it just does not feel like a Robin story. And it bothers me a bit. I'm with you. Uh, again, you're you're gonna the heavy load, uh, the heavy lifting on this one is gonna be on you, buddy, because I really <laughs> don't have a lot to say about this issue. I really liked it. Uh, actually, I didn't really like it. It, it just kind of. I really like parts. I liked the art a lot. Yeah. Um, I thought the color work was incredible. I, uh, you didn't like I don't it? Know. I'm a little bit off. The color work was fine. It's just that, like, I dug all of Patrick Gleason's Batman and Robin Run. Yeah. But for the action scenes in this book, I found myself a bit lost in what the hell was going on, okay, actually. Well, I was a little lost in the whole issue. Um, I, I liked it. I just, again, I love the idea of Damien with uh, nobody. Yeah, that was the best part I of the book. I love her and, and I, I, I tag it along. And I love the way they, they have her in that, uh, that stealth suit. It's yeah. just awesome. Um, but yeah, for the most part in this, I was just, I was confused a lot. And I don't know, just the whole story, like you said, maybe it's because it didn't seem like a Robin story. It's too much on Damien. Yeah. Um, but There's again, no need in my mind for him to be dressed is up it as just Robin. Robin, son of Batman, because of what's going to come in the future. Is it that just to sell books? I think that's it's to the, sell books. You know, really. that's the fancy. That we already thing. had the Damien, son of Batman, like six issue many before. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and of course you have him in the Robin outfit throughout, which seemed off to me too. I don't think he'd be wearing that around like that. Uh, I'm getting depressed. <laughs> I'm, I'm paging so through gonna, this. Are you going to up the, the ante no, here? Come on. Now I'm getting like Ryan with the island. Uh, oh, shit. I don't know. I'm looking through it. And again, th- there were so many things with, say, the, the, the Guardian and this head. It just, I, uh, there was a lot of times I didn't know what was going on. And again, I'm just reading it for this podcast. Yeah. So I'm saying I'm reading this like a uh, standard guy who just picks it up and reads it. I'm not you know, going through it seven times. I actually read it twice because I read right. it again today. And I still was just confused to a point where I kind of started drifting around. There, there's a lot of craziness. <laughs> Your kicked in. It did. And um, like I said, I love the color work. I don't know what you're talking The color work no, no, to I'm me was incredible. No, no, I'm saying the color work's fine. It's just the art in general. Well, like for the quick cuts for the I, action, I, think, I couldn't understand what exactly was going on. Well, I'll tell you. I think the, the issue is, looking at it right now, the issue I had is that everything was overcrowded and a little yeah. too busy. They, um, there was just too much going on. That's what and I'm saying. I, you know, and the whole thing with the, the Guardian, this head, I, I'm telling you, I kind of lost interest. Talking about that Guardian, though, we had this flashback scene when Damien was doing his Year of Blood. When yeah. it, you, know, you know, he's just going out and causing havoc, it yeah. seems yeah. like. And he gets his ninjas or his manservants, whatever the hell they are, to distract this giant like Guardian so he can get inside the temple to see what treasures are in there. Yeah. And he finds a mystical sword. Yeah, he finds again, a sword. And then he takes it, like a sword in the stone type of shit, he pulls it out, goes up and uses it to chop the head of the Guardian off. Yeah. Now we jump back to whenever the hell long this has been since he was there. He puts the stone head back on, and once they determine that he's a hero, the Guardian stops like you know, trying to kill him. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry, I don't have the sword anymore. Why the fuck don't you have this sword anymore? It yeah. can cut the head off a stone guardian yeah, with know. a clean slice. Well, I remember what he said. He said he was going to give it to his mom as a present. Maybe he did. Because he does right. say that. He says, oh, I'm going to give this to my mom. Why would you give it to your mom? I, I would keep that shit. That would be part of my like treasure. Like he oh, yeah. kept the head. I'm like I'm keeping the sword. Well, and then it ended. It ended with the guardian in a com- kind of like a comical deal. Where he's like, oh, it doesn't matter because that wasn't the treasure anyway. That wasn't the treasure. <laughs> Damien's all excited about it. One thing in this book though, it kept coming back to me for some reason is that 
Damien had the head in his treasure trove, right? Yes. This big stone head. Yes. And it just reminded me of that one that's in the Simpsons basement. Yeah, yeah. So it. I'm like, okay, I get a little reminder of the Simpsons right off the bat. You always then he's like there that. to return the head. Yep. Another Simpsons yep. reference. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of funny. But I, again, I, I was a little, I think this issue was a little down. So do I, but yeah. people are loving it, apparently. Yeah. I looked at the other reviews. People are loving the hell out of it. Are and they? the thing that, Yo, yes, they are. I'm going to look right now. The best part about the book, in my opinion, was the addition to nobody. Because the freaking, um, what the hell was it? Um, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't even think what it's called now. I don't know. I know, I'm just trying to think. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Off uh, the rails. So bad, dude. I know, it's totally off the rails. Anyway, the first story arc of Batman and Robin, which I cannot remember what the hell it was called at this point, okay. with nobody in it. Yeah, it was nobody. was one of my favorite freaking story arcs of Batman and Robin. Really? And jumping back to it here really adds to the story for me. I like Nobody's Daughter a lot. I like that she's like, you know what? This is the son of the demon. We have to ki- I have to kill him. But you know what? He's doing something good right now. So I'll let him do that. Then I'll kill him. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the reviews this week. You are not the worst. Really? You are the second worst. Henchmen's for Hire, Shawnee and Mills gave it a six. Yeah, we're just talking um, about that. Yeah, but uh, it, it's up to all the way up to ten. Uh, Word of the Nerd gave it a 10, but you go down Newsarama gave it a 9, yeah. IGN and 8-7, people really enjoy it. I think that a lot of these people are being um, kind of sucked in with the art. I really do. Cause yeah, I even looked, the art wasn't as strong as I thought. I haven't looked I at these blurbs, so that's what it kind of seems. Like, oh, the art, the art, the art. But yeah, I was a little confused. And even when I wasn't confused, uh, at the end of the day, it just didn't really grab me, the story. I love Damien. I love seeing yeah, Damien. So I'd like any bit of Damien that we can get. Um, but in the end, like I said, this was seemed to be a lot. So much exposition. So much uh, setup for him to be working with nobody's daughter. Um, right. And there was a lot of action, but I, it was a little confusing. So there. What'd you give so it? So there. Um, I gave this a 6.5 out of 10, yeah. which a lot of people wouldn't consider bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm saying I still enjoy – I still look forward to the next issue. It's just I – I have to get past my own biased opinion about what a Robin story should be. Yeah. I probably would have given it a six. All right. Uh, yeah, I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't have a lot of fun. And that's – Damien, to me, was always fun. Even if he is a jerk, a little yeah, he's snot. he's a big-ass jerk. Uh, it was always fun to me. It was always fun to see him be snotty and, like, throw things in people's faces and things like that. And him like being that. the best at what he does, you know, being a little kid still, you know? Yeah. Well, what I think then – um, going forward, I think it's a great idea to have somebody else in the book with him because that's, oh, we need to. that's what you there, always just talk have back and forth with Goliath. And, and just you have to have him being arrogant and snotty to somebody to make him good. And you don't have that with just him and Goliath. It's just him talking well, and whatever. To a degree, because where we left him in Batman and Robin when he was getting depowered, yeah. for some reason we had the powers, so it still doesn't make sense to me why we did any of that. Mm-hmm. But he was becoming. Less arrogant, it seemed. He was becoming just a boy, and I really liked it because it seemed I'm a like boy. we were picking up where we left off right before he died, yeah, where he was yeah. becoming less jagged around the edges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was just becoming a simple boy. Yes, he's still smart. Yes, he can still kick ass, but he's not a piece of shit when you talk to him. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was because that was at the point when, he, like you said, he had some powers then. And he right. kind of, like, before, I always took that he was very insecure, even though he came off as fully arrogant. And yeah. uh, and that kind of took that away, probably, because now he was a god on Earth, and he didn't have to, you know, tell anybody I'm about saying, it. I'm saying, no, he was still arrogant. I'm talking about when he was just de- yeah. becoming depowered, yeah. though. He was losing this edge he yeah. had, even though it was an edge on top well, of an edge. he was upset. 
Yeah, I liked it, though. Well, now he's Robin's son of Batman. (laughs) And yeah, I don't like it as much. But you know what? Our next uh, bit is coming up right now. What's that? Flash Reviews. Oh, shit. Flash Reviews. And the first one I'm going to do is Injustice Year 4, number 11. While the last, while last issue's cliffhanger seemed to set up some, something awesome, it just set up more setup. We do get the return of Raven and a crazy scene that shows that Lex is still trying to make a Superman clone, but not much more. The Year of the Gods stalls again when Apollo gives Superman 24 hours to decide if he wants to surrender. Apollo, please! As far as the art goes, this is Mike S. Miller's best-looking issue ever, but I guess we'll have to wait another week for Brian Buccellauer to give us something good story-wise. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10, and boy, I'm starting to get really upset about this uh, injustice. (laughs) It was one of my favorite books. And and, and a side note, uh, during the week, I actually saw the solicits for October and the print solicit for Injustice basically called out that year four was uh the series finale that the end of that was a, and i kind of put that in, on the uh on the site as a comment on this year four number 11 uh issue it is not we're getting a year five brian bucciolato which doesn't me. make sense to me yeah i asked brian bucciolato uh sent him a note and he's like nope there's a year five and i'm like great now i'm thinking i hope he hasn't <laughs> seen my scores because i have not been very happy with this book lately uh yes but that's it for my injustice year four number 11 Dr. Fate number two. Khaled continues not to not impress as he spends the majority of this issue in disbelief about his new responsibilities and really comes off cold when his actions slash non-actions kills a plane full of people and the boy hero doesn't even seem to care. Can't say that I'm a fan of the art and I'm really not a fan of the story so far. And because of this, I can't recommend Dr. Fate to anyone with a 4.8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I read this, Eric. It was awful. <laughs> that part that you're talking about, he, when he's flying with his dad, and he's yep. like, oh, I'm going to try to get this plane. It doesn't work. And he's basically like, eh, thanks a lot, Dad. Oops. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, my God, this book sucks. I hope that this book gets canceled quickly. It's Me as well. And it's it terrible. sucks because I love Dr. Well, Fate. here's the thing. If you can get this canceled quick, there's always the possibility of it coming back later. Uh, right. If this goes on, this garbage goes on too long it just ruins the character for a long long time i I hope that doesn't happen because i i'm not a big dr fate fan but i know you are next solicit six issue mini (laughs) yeah really you i wouldn't be shocked all right harley quinn number 18 while this issue is fun enough i want a better laughs to story ratio out of this gang of harley story we get more of captain horatio strong and his alien seaweed that leads to the best part of this issue harley's drug-induced gotham as a pirate movie bit but in the end, not much really happens. Sure, Poison Ivy returns, and the issue ends with the gang about to get killed. But all in all, this issue was a bit of a disappointment. You can come for the awesome art and toilet humor, but without a stronger story, I don't know if everybody's going to stay. Seven out of ten. And uh, in that, there, there's a part, Harley eats this alien seaweed, and then she has this basic LSD trip where she thinks everybody's like pirates, and it's, it's really good. There's a lot of jokes. There's a joke about the killing joke in there, and I heard that DC said not on their watch, Aaron. It's the only reason I'm talking about this, to say <laughs> not on their watch. But, yeah, uh, the book looks great. It's, it's really, really uh, an awesome-looking book this, this month. But, man, the story, there's a part that uh, Jimmy Palmiani and Amanda Connor who write it must really be against gentrification because there is a two-page exposition about gentrification that is not funny at all. It's just basically telling you what gentrification is and that New York is falling prey to it and that eventually New York's going to look like everywhere else in the world. It was ridiculous, but 7 out of 10. Secret 6, number 4. 
With the hilarious but also emotional last issue, I expected this issue to blow me away. Sadly, this comic comes off flat and is only a prequel to the last uh, story. Showing our gang moving into Big Shot's house and then having to fight off a trio of bad guys who want to send them back to Mockingbird's prison. That's it. The art was split up between Ken Lashley and Tom Derenick, and it makes me hope beyond hope that Dale Eaglesham is back for the next issue. Five out of ten. And uh, you had a theory about this issue. Do you? Yeah, I really do. Talk about it, or I'd like to hear it because I'm still confused by it. All right. So we had this gigantic gap in between when the Secret Six was being released. Mm -hmm. So issue three comes out. We already have the team chilling in Big Shot's house in the suburbs, which was a great issue. Great issue. Loved it. Dale Eaglesham was on for the first time. I love his art. And now we have Secret Six number four, where it's split up between the, the artwork between Ken Lashley and Tom Derenick. And it's a story that takes place before the last issue. And which Ken does Lashley not, was the artist. In the the original artist, yes. Situation. He has like pages one through eight he has. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I think that Dale Eaglesham got hired because Ken Lashley wasn't working out. This is all speculation, mind you. And he got the issue done. They said, okay, we need to put something out because people are going to forget about Secret Six. So they put that issue out. Great issue. And then they finally got Tom Derenick to finish up this prequel issue. It's weird that they would get him up out of the, you know, get him to finish, but maybe he's under contract. I, yeah, I don't know. And they threw this out there, and it just does not work, especially after having a great cliffhanger in the previous issue. Now we just jump back to a less interesting story with, like, you know, lesser art. Yeah. And uh, it really hurts the, the series for me. It's weird. I go with, you now. I've never heard that Gail Simone is slow on right. work. I go with her that they had she had done the first two issues. They had this third one going, but it just wasn't working out. She had another idea, got Dale Eaglesham to get that one because it was better. In the meantime, couldn't come up with a fourth issue, so they went back to this one that they had in the can, finished it up with the art, and boom. I I'm blaming Ken Something's Lashley. weird though. Something is off that this issue I looked through it, I didn't read the whole issue, but it's definitely off from the last issue to go back to this. Yeah. Seems like something went wrong. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. I, I don't understand. But, yeah, hopefully issue five. I haven't looked at the solicits yet or anything like that. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I haven't even reviewed this book yet because my fucking yeah. neck problems. Yeah. But uh, I'm saying five out of ten right now. When I go to actually review it, I'm going to read it again, obviously. Yeah. It, it might go get up lower. Or down or, yeah. oh, no, no, it's you not gonna go it's going to go up. I can up. tell you that. Okay. It, this book really disappointed and me. And the thing to me is if we look at the solicit for issue five and it says Dale Edelsham, I'm in. I know yeah, that it'll well. be great. And it's not, even just, cover. it's not even just him. It, it, for me saying that to me that means that it's the new the yes. new round so yeah but uh the last flash review is batman arkham knight number 22 while this book continues being one of my favorites each week this issue was a bit of a downer sure it was fun watching batman and the suicide squad duke it out and alfred was hilarious but this issue was a little too much setup for my taste however it does end with deadshot shooting captain boomerang right in the face and Killer Croc showing up to join in on the action. So I am looking forward to next week. I just hope we get a little more story and a better-looking Harley from a Guerrera because she looked like Jay Leno in this issue. Now, she is really this the, did. Is this the next issue after she kept saying that we're the Suicide yeah, Squad? Yeah, we're gonna, now they're just... And, and Captain Boomerang was all against it. He yep. got shot in the face. He got, uh, basically, he got shot in the back of the head. I put the face for okay. a dramatic effect. Basically, but still, poor Captain basically Boomerang. Basically, what happened is the Suicide Squad in this is it's the all-new, quote-unquote, Suicide Squad with Deadshot, Boomerang, and uh, Harley. They're going to fight. Uh, they're going to kidnap Bruce Wayne, and then in the meantime, Batman shows up, of course. And um, what happens is you find out that Deadshot is actually working undercover for the government, not the Suicide Squad, but working for that he's trying to figure out things about what's happening in Gotham. So he's right. actually a good guy, 
which That's was weird. pretty cool. And he basically just shoots Boomerang. He kills him. Poor Boomerang. Boomerang. I'm telling you, he and was it, so against dying. You know when they're in a comic where there's things like, oh, he got shot. No, right? It's like a uh, almost like a drill bullet, like in Wanted. That's right through his, <laughs> right through his forehead. Oh, it's it's crazy. But um, like I said at the end, Harley in this. Now, I put the, a picture of it in my review. I'm sure you didn't see it. No. She has the biggest chin I have ever seen. She looks like, like Jay, Jay Leno. Leno. That's what I said. That was my <laughs> last line, that she looks like Jay Leno. And it was just off. I did give it a 6 out of 10 um, because it was cool. Um, I love this book. I love Tomasi, and I usually like Edgar's art. I'm a big fan so of Victor I. Bogdanovich, normal artist. Um, but yeah, it, it was off. I gave it a six out of ten. And Eric, that is the Flash reviews. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. Unfortunately, last week when I recorded my segment for the show, not all of the Comic-Con news that had come out had been on my radar. Fortunately, there are a few more pieces of news from Comic-Con that I'd like to share with you guys now. First and foremost, uh, a trailer for Deadpool was shown. Uh, The footage did leak online. It's very low quality. Uh, Ryan Reynolds himself has confirmed that sometime in about two to three weeks, we are going to see that footage get an official release. Uh, The the studio is just waiting to finish up some of the special effects before they give it an official release. Um, That being said, Fox hasn't, it doesn't seem like they've been going after uh, the the person who uploaded the footage. Uh, The fans are excited for it. And I guess leaked footage really is in the spirit of Deadpool. In an interview, Ryan Reynolds also did recently say that he would love to see a a cable-led X-Force movie. Uh, and he'd like to be in that, of course. And that, that would be awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad to see Ryan Reynolds is being really proactive about this. Now, for those of you who haven't seen the trailer, um, I, I don't really want to ruin it for you guys, but I do just want to share my favorite line from the trailer with you. He says, don't make the super suit green or animated. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, hell no. He didn't just say it. Because that is the perfect knock at the Green Lantern movie, which as a Green Lantern fan, I just want to say kind of sucked. Sorry. Bootleg footage of the Suicide Squad trailer also leaked out. Warner Brothers, of course, had their lawyers snap into action, who promptly made sure to take down any bootleg copies. They they then released the high-quality version of the trailer uh, in HD for everybody to watch, uh, along with the following statement on their Facebook page. They said, quote, Warner Brothers Pictures and our anti-piracy team have worked tirelessly over the last 48 hours to contain the Suicide Squad footage that was pirated from Hall H on Saturday. We've been unable to achieve that goal. Today we will release the same footage that has been illegally circulating on the web in the form it was created and in high quality with which it was intended to be enjoyed. We regret this decision as it was our intention to keep the footage as a unique experience for the Comic-Con crowd, but we cannot continue to allow the film to be represented by the poor quality of the pirated footage stolen from our presentation, end quote. And that came from Sue Kroll, president, Worldwide Marketing and International Distribution of Warner Brothers Pictures. Uh, so a couple of things I want to say about this. First of all, trailer looked pretty good. I, I liked it. Didn't get me as hyped as Batman versus Superman, but Suicide Squad trailer looks pretty good. I can get behind it. Looks like Will Smith's going to play a pretty decent dead shot. Margot Robbie, she's going to play a, a great Harley Quinn. And then they fucking brought the Joker into it. Longtime listeners of the show, you guys know how I feel about this Joker. And I said, I'm, I'm going to wait until I see how the whole package comes together. And I'm still going to reserve my judgment until I actually see uh, the finished product in theaters. But that first shot of him, I didn't like it. I don't like the tattoos. I don't like the voice. Um, I, I don't know how I'm possibly going to enjoy uh, this version of the Joker. I mean, his dialogue in the trailer was, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you. Really, really bad. 
And then a nice close-up of his face with the tattoos and the grills. And I was like, oh, fuck, take it off screen. Take it off screen. That being said, I did read one internet theory that uh, some fans came up with that if it is true, I would be able to get more so behind this Joker. And the fan theory is that this Joker is Jason Todd. Um, for the sake of padding the segment, <laughs> I'm going to run through this theory with you guys at this time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not doing this to pad. I'm doing this because this really is an interesting theory. And it's a fun chance to talk about comic book history at the same time. And since this is a DC Comics podcast, why not? Uh, so basically, the way the theory goes is in the trailer... Oh, and guys, the, this is going to have... Spoilers galore for the Batman vs. Superman trailer, Suicide Squad trailer, and events from certain comic book stories that have come out in the last, you know, 30 years. So, proceed with caution. So, in the Batman vs. Superman trailer, there is a uh, tombstone for Richard Grayson, a.k.a. Dick Grayson. Now, in the comics back in the 1980s, uh, they did a story called Death of the Family where Joker kills Jason Todd, who was Robin, because the people voted that they wanted him dead. No shit, Sherlock. He, of course, rose, I believe it was from the Lazarus Pit, if I'm not mistaken, and once he rose, he took on the identity of the Red Hood. In The Killing Joke, which is the Joker's origin story, uh, the Joker is a member of the Red Hood gang. Now, Jason Todd follows in Joker's footsteps by becoming the Red Hood, so the theory suggests that instead of killing Jason Todd, Dick Grayson is going to get killed by the Joker. Something's going to happen to the Joker, and then Jason Todd is going to take over as the Joker, which would explain the tattoos, it would explain the J on his face, it would explain why he sucks as a Joker, because Jason Todd sucks at everything he does, uh, pretty much, you know. Uh, so I, I do kind of like that theory, I think that theory would definitely help me get behind it, and it also makes sense, because if you watch the Batman vs. Superman show, there's a couple of moments that just don't make any sense, outside of the context of that theory. For example, the Robin suit is defaced. Ha ha ha, the joke's on you. That's one. Of course, that could have something to do with the death of Robin. And then there's also a, a moment when Bruce Wayne is opening. It looked like a letter or a newspaper or something. It had scrawled across in red writing, you let your family die. I don't know. Is he talking about the Bat family? Is he talking about Bruce Wayne's parents? That theory does hold some weight for me. I've talked to some people. They don't think so as much. I'm curious what you guys think. Let me know on Twitter. Uh, I'd love to read your feedback next week uh, in regards to what you guys think of that. That's right. I'm trying to do a little listener feedback on the geek news. Bring it. <laughs> Uh, the first teaser, uh, yeah, the first teaser footage for the X-Files has been released, the new revival that they're doing. It was 15 seconds long, wasn't a lot. You know, just a couple of dark shots, a little bit with the military, I want to believe, poster being stepped on, and then bam, Mulder and Scully, and I was like, fuck yeah, because, yeah, I'm a big X-Files fan, so I'm excited for that. Anyway, as always, you guys can see my DC Digital and Vertigo reviews here on Weird Science. You can check out my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. Check me out on Instagram, HollywoodLights. 1992 twitter.com slash dan stransky i also have a podcast that is currently on hiatus while i figure out how its future is going to work that is called beta pod i might have figured out a solution for that though i'm gonna look into that and see and you know good news guys i did a review on the site i'm trying to get back into doing my reviews and i actually reviewed something that totally slipped past past everybody's radar oh no he didn't which was fine for me because it was uh, something I really wanted to review anyway, that is the Star Trek Green Lantern crossover being co-published by DC Comics and IDW. Um, if you're looking for that in your local comic shop, it's going to be under the IDW section. Um, they're taking the top billing on it. So please check out that review and let me know what you thought of that book or what you think of that pairing. It's one I didn't necessarily think was going to work at first, but the first issue really has me swayed. Now I'm going to send it back over to Jim and Eric. Remember, let your geek flag fly. This is Dan, signing off. I like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I like the Tin Man. All right. And we're going to 
finish it up, Eric. We got two books left. Yes, we do. Uh, we have one that I didn't like and one I liked. <laughs> you get the first one. Guess what? That's the one I didn't like. I know. Green Lantern Lost Army number two, written by Cullen Bum with art by Jesus Saez. After having what I think was a disappointing first issue last month, I was all ready for Colin Bunn to redeem himself here, but sadly, it was more of the same. The only takeaway from this book was seeing a universal power battery and our heroes realizing they aren't just in another place, but in another time as well. Which is made evident when we had come across a young relic. Yeah. And that's the write-up I got for you, Jimmy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um... This book, I do not know what they're going for. It is the same formula every issue. Oh, I'm saying every issue. It's only two issues. Two but issues, but yeah. It's, it's we have tough. a battle. We yeah. get a little snippet of new information. Bam, cliffhanger. That's yep. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to say something. I don't have that much to say about this. Yeah. Uh, you know who I liked in this book? Guy. I like Guy I thought book. he was awesome. He's my favorite Lantern. I, I love that uh, glove guy. I love, especially with his, um, he saves John. And then he basically like, hey, remember you said I was a Christmas lantern? Here's your present. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, I like that. I like Guy through the whole thing. But, man, there's not a lot going on. And you get a lot of things that are confusing. And I don't know. Uh, do you have – what else do you have to say about it? Well, check this out. I, I put this in my review. And it's probably like the main part of my review too because it's so short because there's not a lot going on here. Yeah. And I talked to you the following day about it because it's just something that irks the shit out of me. And you think it's, um, I'm ridiculous, but I'm going to go with it here. Again, we have our lanterns fighting against random villains. Yes. But this time it comes off – I'm sorry. It seems to be in places – oh, shit. I don't even know I'm saying this. But this time it seems to be this place's version of the Red Lanterns. Yeah. And I couldn't enjoy myself all because of a single word that was constantly thrown out there. Staves. Yeah, you didn't like staves. It's funny because you had a big problem with staves. I was reading it and I didn't even, I forgot all about that. Really? You don't like staves. Now, again, you came into me into work and said, hey, uh, what's with the staves? I'm like, you staves. You hear people They're saying like, this? Uh, well, I do because yeah, you, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons. That's the only reason. That was a big word in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm shocked that it wasn't used a lot in your stupid elf quest, that they'd be running around with staves. Again, right, it's in, just in, fancy. It's fancy talk. In this talk. place, instead of using rings, uh, these Red Lantern versions, they use staffs. Yeah, staves, Aaron. Staves. staves. And John Stewart's like, man, look at those staves they got. Staves. Um, what the you fuck know, are you, John Stewart? You know Stewart? what I'm going to tell you why he used it? I'm telling you. To say staffs, it sounds weird to me. I, I agree. It might, it might sound weird. So staves. staves to me sounds even weirder. Staves. And the thing is, I, I actually had to look it up because I'm, I just might be a big dummy. I want to see what if this was an actual like decent use of it. It is. Yeah, it makes it perfect is. sense in the book. Yep. I hate the, the Green Lanterns using this goddamn word because then he gets every other Green Lantern on top talking about staves. Yeah. Um, and then in the book, you have that crazy uh, pyramid. That was that red pyramid that ended yeah. the last issue. They go up to it and they're like, hey, it's so weird. They're like, hey, maybe we should just try to power up by touching it. Hey, you know what? I can get behind. I can get you behind. You think that this it was just desperate times? It was desperate times yeah. because Chrono led them here, saying there's a battery power source. You could probably recharge your rings there, and if they didn't go for this goddamn hail mary, they were going to die anyway. Okay, so you're saying it was just desperation. Yeah. Um, they go and do, it and it works, and actually gives them 200 percent power. 
Which again, anytime that happens, it reminds me so much of a, like a video game. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, oh, 200% power. power up. Yeah. And then it, it allows those crazy like antibodies. They actually recognize them as not being a threat anymore. That's now the that they've thing. used the natural power source yes, of this area. They use that. Now you get the point where they're doing that. They're, they're, they see Relic. Now you, you're with me. We've not talked about this, but you're with me that this is what leads Relic. You think that the Lost Army here are the ones that are going to ruin his universe with their overuse of the, the power? Because that's what I get. That's what I get. I get Relic is there. He's like, hey, I'm here to explore what's going on. They are already abusing the light already. The the Red Lanterns are even saying it. I I think the Red Lanterns even say it when they show up. Their version of the Red Lanterns are even ripping them apart about kind of that same thing. Now they're using this energy that they have no idea how to use and double the power of their rings. Yeah, I think that this is the beginning of the end for Relic. And they universe. converted that red pyramid yeah. to a green and pyramid I think by touching that, it. I'm telling you, I think this is the beginning of the end, and it's all going to wrap around itself, that Relic ended up showing up in the First Lantern and all that because of what they're doing right now. I think that's what that what they're doing. They're ruining his universe. This is That'd the be fucked up. Uh, that's all. When I saw that it was the young Relic, who's cool. I like yeah, the young I, Relic. Yeah, I like Relic. I dug that storyline. I think that was Venditti's like, opener. It was yeah. the Relic storyline. I yep. really dug it. Yep. But the Lanterns are in the universe that existed before our, like their universe, our universe, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I totally get behind that, especially since I'm a fan of Rug. I put, I put it here in my notes. Yeah. But didn't we learn from the Relic storyline that things were much bigger in that old universe? That's why Relic's size is gigantic because he was a normal size yeah, dude. Yeah, it did seem like that. And then yeah. we have no, like we have John Stewart sized Red Lanterns are fighting against, yeah. but then Relic shows up gigantic as he should be. It just doesn't make sense to me. This whole universe should be bigger. Yeah. Well, yeah, we haven't really seen much of a – well, you said the Red Lanterns. Yeah. That, well, maybe we find out that, that that big pyramid is just somebody usually holds that, that that's like a regular uh, lantern power battery, the size maybe, of like Maybe, but I'm lantern. saying that it doesn't make sense with these other Red Lanterns. Uh, from yeah, that. They, they didn't make sense. But, again, I have the idea that this is what is the beginning of the end for Relic's universe. He's, that's a cool idea. I, I, going I like to, it. Like, he's like, I'd like to explore that, too, because he's trying to figure out. I have a feeling that something's going wrong. I do, do you get that Relic is a, a villain right now? No, not at all. I don't either. I think he's just interested in in. these people use because he's that's what he studies. He studies the hard light constructs of this energy source, and he sees these new people using it that shouldn't be able to. These fucking antibodies go past them. You know what? I'm interested in this. Yeah. The weird thing though is how I'm saying that that's what I think the story's going about. That kind of puts a um, like an expiration date on the story because once they do something like that and everything, that then you would end that would end the story. You would think, but then again, they could always go back to our universe after this. But then I'm uh, saying though, but that doesn't play with me just because Relic didn't recognize these characters when he came to um, our universe. Again, this, maybe it's a trillion years later. I don't know, man. I just think that this sets it in. Hey, in, relics have long memories, man. And uh, also, yeah. Also, uh, maybe this is the Cullen Bunn's way of he's going to wipe that out if they figure out that's something else. That's a great story. I know, but maybe that's how you kind of get... I don't Rewrite know. history? Yeah, Same. yeah. But if this universe doesn't die, ours is never born. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they'll do it. It, it is very odd. Uh, what'd you give it? I gave this a five out of ten. Yeah. Just I'm saying the character work by Jesus Saez is amazing as always. I love yeah, his art. I, I liked it too. But the book, like the last issue, is devoid of backgrounds and it really takes away yeah. from the like the epicness of this. I know you could say, Hey, they're flying through space, what do you want? I just want something more because yeah. before they were on some kind of strange planet it seemed like 
at first, and yeah. then they're just out in space. I have no well, idea that's, how that's That's where I'm saying that maybe this universe is bigger, and you, we just haven't seen anything. You, you really don't get any sort of perspective of anything. They're always just in space, hanging just, out and talking. It just becomes boring to look at, yeah, though. Yeah, it does. It just seems, like you said, it's, it's void of backgrounds, and that does kind of get uh, annoying. But yeah, the character work is great. But yeah, you, you, without the backgrounds, it is kind of bland. Five out of ten. Yeah, I would have given it a 4.5. Really? I, I really didn't enjoy it. I read that today, actually, and I didn't like any bit of it. Uh, it's well, the same I didn't like while I was show. watching it. I liked bits of it. I liked Relic. I, I really do like Relic. So I what? liked Guy in it. Uh, but as an overall feeling, when I got done, I was like, mm, I don't need that one. I'm and in the beginning, In the beginning, we had that flashback to John during his freaking military days. Yeah. And I, they screwed up one of the dialogue boards. Yeah, I know. He Did said you see that Stuart, part? unless the guy's first name was Stuart. But you that doesn't make to, sense. I know, it didn't. I, I know. It seemed weird. Ay, ay, ay. But my, the last book of the night is uh, Doomed Number 2, written by Scott Liddell, art by Javier Fernandez, and Ulysses Areola. Ulysses, Eric. I really enjoyed the Doom Areola, story. Yeah, Areola. I really enjoyed the Doom story so far. And while this issue takes an odd turn, I still had a lot of fun reading it. Instead of giving us more riser and the doomed virus, we get Miles Chandler III, an interstellar bounty hunter who reminded me of Edna Mode from The Incredibles, oh, and, Steve, and Steve and Jerry, two police officers who may be a little mixed up, Eric, but <laughs> made me laugh anyway. We also are a bunch of steps closer to finding out Reiser's roommate Roman is indeed the Alpha Centaurian. But riser. I'm, riser. I always, well, I say Paul Reiser. Riser. I say Reiser for some reason. I say Paul Reiser. I like Reiser, but, but we don't get much about Reiser and doomed, and that's a shame. Go. I gave this issue a bit of a pass because I had such a great time reading it, but Scott Liddell better give us some more stories soon. Yeah, I like, I like Reezer for some reason, seems like it would be. but yeah, I, um, I just want them to tell us what we should call this dude. Well, doomed is a terrible yeah, name. I've been talking to you all week about it, that yeah. this and the Bat Robot. I need something that they call it so that I can say it and it's just one thing because, yeah, I, I'm saying – now I'm calling it – I'm saying Reezer or Riser and um, it, it, I, nobody knows what the hell I'm talking no. about. I'm like, you know who my – who's your favorite hero right now? My favorite hero, Riser. What? That's a, the Riser. What's that? A guy who like turns into an elevator? Gets that's, the, that's terrible. I know. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they need to do something. But uh, the issue starts off, and it's this Miles. And it's awesome, I think. I don't know about you. This, I thought it was hilarious. This was part of – this is when I told you when we got the preview, and I posted the preview, that it was very odd. I'm like, I don't know. It seemed mixed up because <laughs> it doesn't seem like anything. But, yeah, it's really good. It kind of shows um, – that there is a bounty hunter involved. He's kind of disguised as this little kid. He, the worst gym teacher ever. You, you now, he reminds me of any, like, you know, kind of pop culture gym teacher. They're yeah, always no. terrible. But the one he's like, don't make this wimp's nose bleed quick, fellas. And they're like, oh, yes. But then he gets his, Eric. Do you realize? Oh, my God, is he ever. Yeah, yeah. He's a monster. He's actually an alien that he gets destroyed. That's pretty cool. And uh, and when I first read it, didn't even realize that was who was getting killed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, he must have come in. Then. then the best thing, though, is Miles kills him and then has a one-liner for it. He kills him with his gun, which I still don't know where he pulled that out. He pulled it out no, of his no, shirt. It doesn't not, seem to make, make not sense. Not hiding shit in gym shorts. But he goes, class dismissed, coach, <laughs> which was pretty cool. But still, for an opener of a book that were two issues in and a preview, and again, I'll tell you right now, the preview gave us more information still than the first two issues combined, which there is a problem there. 
but I'm really enjoying it. But then so am I. The, the next page, we get that little intro, which is a cold opener if I ever had one there. Uh, the next page, though, is a full-out one-page uh, recap of last issue. Which we love. I love it. I don't love it in the second issue and, and in this sort of thing, but I, st- I do love it. I'm, I'm torn. Because I wish that every book had something like this where they give a preview of what happened last time with an overall uh, synopsis, synopsis of, the of the thing. And I'm yeah. telling you, it's great. It's really good. The art's great. I love how uh, Scott Liddell wrote it. It's really good. It's just odd to have happen in the second issue, especially in an issue where we don't get much of that. Right there, that recap page, most info you're going to get this issue about yep. about Doomed, if that's what we're <laughs> calling them. Uh, but yeah, then he gets hit by a bus. We get into the present time. He's as he is doomed. Then uh, he gets hit by a bus, and I thought right away, "Oh my God, he just killed everybody!" Everybody. But then when you look, nobody's in the bus. He goes. He still just has, one driver. Yeah, the driver. But he's she's fine. He still has his uh, his wits to him. But again, we end up the police show up, and I said it's like uh, Taggart and Rosewood. They they just crack me up. I like them. Um, but again. This whole thing of him thinking like, oh, sorry, officers, I'm doing. And then they show him, blur, blur, blur. that's what you get. Is, you oh, know what that reminds me of? I know what it reminds you of. You <laughs> can episode tell of him. Buffy where yeah, Giles gets Buffy. turned into a demon because he thinks he's talking normal. But yeah. when we see him, it's all blah, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it is. And unfortunately People to love me, Buffy at DC. Well, unfortunately, it's, it's starting to drag on me a little, that whole thing. We, we've right. seen it enough. I, I don't need that anymore. I've seen that. I want information. Um, what we do get though, too bad, two things. You see that, uh, Clarice is watching this whole thing. Very odd. Yeah. And obviously she's up to something. She didn't just take him home to her uh, pseudo apartment, the squatter's apartment last night. I got to get me some of that doom dick for no reason. She was up to something. Um, and maybe it was, maybe they thought, maybe whoever did this, we we still don't know. We don't know what happened, but if it is somebody that turned him into this, Maybe they know what keys him into turning into doom, and that was all a ruse to get her to do that. Now, like if, he's a rat in experiment. If, yeah, and if that's the case, I believe Lex is involved because she went to one of Lex's high-rise apartments and was squatting there, and I, it seems a little odd. Um, but yeah, then you go back. He basically nothing happens. He just kind of no. runs away, collapses, and then shows up as a, at his apartment where our <laughs> man Roman is online talking to somebody and basically is saying, very ominous about yes, it. Yes, and like, hey, uh, they don't need me yet. No, like, I'm not going to get involved. Oh, I don't do this. But then he stumbles into the apartment and uh, Roman uses Spartan's blood. I'm like, can you really? <laughs> get any bit more saying this is the centurion <laughs> his name's roman for christ's sakes Alpha centurion who could it be uses, yeah the guy uses spartan's blood as an exclamation but he seems to be helping he seems to like riser or reaser uh, until the end where he looks at him and he has like this ominous look like yeah we're gonna go at it buddy and i don't mean in the sack uh, but again, the no, I'm disappointed. Yes. Well, and then the issue ends with our police officers again. They're at Lex's high rise deal, the Lex Plaza, and they are now investigating that crater that uh, Doomed made when he fell through with yeah. when Clarice got him all worked up. And now you are right. 
I really did like the police officers. They mix up their names. I know yeah, what they talked about it last night. I know what they were getting at. They wanted to have it the first time you hear Jerry, the next time you hear Steve. Unfortunately, the same guy says it. Exactly. Um, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I'm gonna... Especially if they wanted to switch characters because the other guy is obviously the one who has, is a stickler for this freeze uh, move closer. Yes. Okay, that's kind of confusing, buddy. Shut yeah. up, dude. It's so good, though. It's still good to me. But then Miles shows up. He's pretending that he's a kid who lost a ball. Uh, what he's there is to find out. Now, this is where I'm confused. He says to himself, like, oh, he, he, he's going to find – he found out that there's doomed, correct? Yeah. He basically ends with, the, hey, what's the, the word they say on earth? Cha-ching. He's going to go after doomed. It's a bounty on doomed. Who put this bounty on doomed? Yeah, Doom? and why? Yeah. I don't understand. So is this something where doomsday has gone throughout the universe and made these doomed – people up as he's gone because that's that possible that doesn't sound right to me it's though it's possible though that he's possible. been on other worlds and this is his way he leaves these spores to create other doomsdays to ruin the world that he can't like this happened when he died yeah is that like almost like we're a bee sting and then die? like when he dies he lets off these spores turns everybody into doomsday so his whole goal is just to ruin everything so when these spores are kind let of like off, somebody doomsday. else, yeah, somebody turns into Doomsday and finishes the job for him, and this is what it is. But I don't understand. So I'm not fully. I would love yeah. to. I would love to say that this Miles is either not after him to kill him, but I also I would say so. I think he is. But I would really like it if he goes. He finds uh, Riser. I'll go with you. I have to every time I say it now. I have to think Paul Riser. Riser. <laughs> And he gets to know him and realizes he's not bad and becomes a side character in the book because you know what? That's what I want. I like yeah, him that well. much that I would love him. And I would love that Riser would have to be almost like making up excuses for why this little kid's there. And the, He oh, becomes the new roommate. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. I think Doomed, he will Alpha be. Centurion, and freaking yep. Edna Mund. Well, that makes sense because they need this other roommate. They're really stressed. They're trying to find exactly. it. I think he becomes the other roommate. And I believe that he is going to save Riser from uh, Reiser, Riser Clarice. from uh, Clarice, and I think Alpha Centaurian is also going because he already seems to be a little upset about things going this way. I think yeah. he's going to go on their team too. I think that's going to be kind of a team deal, and, and it really seems like a lot of fun if you look at it yeah, that way. If these police officers end up with him, I, I don't <laughs> care either. I would like that. Uh, but I, I yeah. just want them to be background characters that show up periodically. Yeah, oh, it'd be good. But yeah, Miles, I think I think that Scott Liddell is on to something with this character, and I hope he just doesn't disappear after two, three issues. I, I think that would be a real shame because this character is great. There's a lot to it. He, he even comes off as a little bit of Damien a little. that he's right. like that Because obviously he's not a little kid. He's not an Earth kid. But the, just looking at him like that and how he acts, so good. Uh, I love the art. I loved a lot of things about this issue. But because we don't get much of Doomed, yeah. I, I couldn't give it a 10 out of 10. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, it was probably... The most fun I had this week reading a book. This um, is really the like the book that's surprising me from the new books that were yeah. that are coming out. I want people to start buying this because I don't want it to end. I want to yeah. see where Scott Liddell takes us. Yeah, I have a feeling it's not going to last more than twelve I know. issues because I don't think it's something that's going to grab people. Um, I think they're already having issues with it that it's not selling well. I forget what we even said. It wasn't one of the big sellers last no. month. And you know, they have different ways of judging books. Like Prez sold just as well or bad as any other book last week or last month. Um, but something in the 
you know, maybe it's the social media, whatever they have that they Ain't judge. No hype. Yeah, the, the, the hype is not on that book. And I think they are going to be proactive this time, not let books go too long when it already seems uh, doomed. As they say. <laughs> but yeah, I really, I, this is one of my favorite new books. And I really as well. hope it, it ends. It's, it's so much fun. Uh, it's, but, not, but not from what we've been given from it so far, from what it promises to yeah, give. It's, yeah, my, it's, it's one weird, of my favorites. Well, it's a weird combination, I'll tell you. I always said Scott Liddell's a, an idea man. Yeah. And I think the ideas in this are really good. From, if you would go from where we first heard it announced, and I said, I guess I'm taking that because I did the Doom story and all that. Yep. How upset I was that I was going to have to review this book. <laughs> and both of us said this was the one book that we thought was a bomb. We thought yeah. it was awful sounding, and uh, it's been really good. We both say it's almost like a uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm saying say Green Goblin. Doctor Fate is a lot like this. The premise of the story where you have yeah. some person, like some kid, who's been affected by some power, and he has to learn to deal with it. Yeah, but the, and where I don't like Doctor Fate, I like this. Well, and Doctor Fate almost you just Khalid. It is Khalid, right? Khalid, yeah, Khalid. Khalid whatever. He, he just comes across as not a good guy. Not at all. He's worried about other things. This uh, Riser is more just worried about, like, what's happening to me? Hurting I, folks. I don't understand. He doesn't want to do it. And he doesn't want to do it. You see that from the get-go that he does. It's not that he wants to be a hero. No. He just wants to know what's going on with him, and he doesn't want to hurt people in the process. And maybe that's even where uh, Miles is going to kind of uh, reel him in and tell him, listen, this is what you can do. You could help. I really hope so. I hope he stays. Uh, but that's it, Eric. That's the podcast. That's all boom, we got. Boom, ba-doom, ba-doom. And you know what? Next week, I have uh, we have six issues each next week. We have a big week next week. Nice. Uh, it starts off Aquaman, number 42. I hope uh, I can get behind that. Yeah, I, you have that book now. And, and uh, the next book, though, is one you have been waiting for it's for, for so a long now. time. Cyborg, number one. You can't wait, can you? I, I cannot. And Ivan Rice is on this, I believe, and I, I'm really looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll be disappointed. Uh, Deathstroke number eight, which continues the God Slayer, God Killer arc. This is uh, actually impressing me more than I thought it would. Uh, Deathstroke and yeah, and the, yeah, Wonder Woman's in it again. I saw the. Preview. I have a good time with this. Book. Uh, yeah, I, I hope it continues being fun. Uh, again, though, the whole book since the beginning has been kind of treading water, but I, yeah. this is getting a little more. Uh, here's the next book. To me, if you would say any book in the, the DCU is kind of the odd man out, it's this one. I'm telling you, Gotham by Midnight number seven. I have problems even remembering that it's out. Yeah, like if me we too. said, I'm telling you, by Tuesday, me and you will be sitting there trying to figure out what books we have, and yep. we'll list them. This one will be one now we'll remember because I said it, but it's always no, it one won't. that just gets left out. I saw the preview, which I'm going to give to you to, to put up on the site tonight. Cool. And I'll tell you, Juan Ferreira's art in it is incredible, and I really like it because what it seems to me is um, – it's like a more understandable Ben Templesmith art. Exactly. Especially That's what I in about this last one. issue. This one you'll even think more. It even has those, like, it, since Gotham by Midnight started, it always has those, like, thin panel. The thin right. panel layouts, this has it. It looks, it looks so good. Uh, next one's one of my favorites, Grayson, number 10. I'm looking forward to that. I really oh don't have a lot to say about it. I love the book. <laughs> I hope we find out that uh, Agent Number One has Quato in that goddamn head wrap. Uh, Harley Quinn and Power Girl Number Two, which I was uh, down on the last issue. That first so one I. sold well. A lot of people loved it. I did not. I, I thought it was not as much fun as it could be. And then that even hardly this this week. I don't know what's going on. It's like uh, Palmiana and Connor uh, le- kind of letting. I don't know. It's not as fun, and the story isn't great. It's weird. Palmiotti's worrying about transfers. Let him be. Maybe. 
Uh, Justice League <laughs> 3001, number two, which is one of my favorites. Supergirl is going to be in that. We talked a, a little. Um, I hope that there's more Gal Gardner so I can piss everyone off in my reviews. I can't wait to see Supergirl. Uh, yeah, I want to see it too. I want to find out, you know, that it's the actual Supergirl and stuff like that. It'll be funny. Um, we She's going to show up. It's going to be freaking Matrix. Th- yes. Well, the next book is going to have to get you a little in the overdrive, Eric, because oh, it's, it's Sinestro number 13. Which you I still didn't do last month. No, you got to get Sinestro number 12 reviewed. So, you oh, better, God. so people, you'll be seeing that earlier this week. <laughs> uh, next one's Teen Titans number 10. Uh, again, I, I took over last week or I last month, and um, I liked it enough. I hope something goes on. Not much happened last year. I love the Teen Titans, but I hate this whole run. Uh, well, remember, the issue ended with Wonder Girl showing up and wanting to throw down to get Superboy, and I have a feeling half the issue is just going to be a fight. I think it's going to be them talking about leading up to a fight, oh, and then it's going to be a cliffhanger and then fighting again. It, I'm, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, we have The Flash number 42, which I can't wait for. I did, Who doesn't I, love The Flash? Uh, I put up the, the preview everyone loved. Uh, I put it up, and in the preview, I even said that I'm not everybody. Professor Zoom, this and that. I don't care. I like Barry's dad and that Z-list villain team of his. <laughs> I can't wait. Is it Girder? Isn't that yeah. our guy? We like. Oh man, I can't wait to see them, and I can't wait to to see like them go against Flash, and that's going to be a little good interplay where where uh, Barry doesn't want to hurt his dad or his buddies, but can <laughs> It's going to be great. Uh, now the next one is probably your biggest surprise of the DCU. This and Doomed, yeah, but like I'm not reviewing Doomed, so this is probably, yeah. yeah, the biggest one. We are Robin number two. And again, I even say that that's kind of a good uh, sister book or brother book of Doom, that they're this younger characters, and it's really good. But uh, yeah, We Are Robin, I'm looking forward to that. And the final one is your book, Wonder Woman number 42. You took over Wonder Woman. You get that. I... And the best part is I can't remember what happened last issue. Yeah, remember she, t- she talked she... to Donna Troy. Yeah, I'm talking about at the end, though. She got a new costume, and then, oh, yes, she's going to go up against this new villain who gets a Pegasus and a Golden Bow and Arrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't know who that is yet, but, you know, I like the issue enough. I love the art. It's Perseus. You're Perseus. It's Perseus from Clash of the Titans. It's Harry Hamlin who she's (laughs) going to fight, and uh, Burgess Meredith's going to show up, and you know what he isn't going to say? He's not getting killed. He's getting mad. That was Polly, remember? I know. I said he wouldn't say it. But he just I, I, did. No, I said that Burgess Meredith wouldn't say this. So then why would you say it in Burgess Meredith's voice? I wanted to tell them that that's not what he's going to say. He's going to go, listen, Perseus, oh, don't Jesus. look at Medusa in the face. You won't get angry. You'll get turned to stone. <laughs> that's what he'll say. And on the site, we'll be uh, doing our Just for the Hell of It Monday. What is your book you're going to do this week? The Fly Outbreak number two. That fly isn't getting angry. It's, it's getting, getting turned angry. into a fly. That's stupid. And I'm going to do Elf Quest number one, and then I'll say for that. From way back in 1970. That art isn't professional. That art sucks. Oh, shit. Listen, during one of the Mickey, breaks. Shut oh, shit. Up, I had Mickey. a thing to talk to you about oh, with that, too. You? I, I can't Elf remember Quest. what the hell it is now. Yeah. yeah. Wendy Peeney put up a post oh, about it. Wendy it's like, About like 10. Th- it's like a, she shared it on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Saying how 10 things that you should know living with somebody who's creative. Mm-hmm. And it's all like, as much as uh, Richard downplays his role in the stuff, this is something blah, blah, blah. But so, yeah, it kind of went with what you are talking about yeah, before, and got, I didn't write it down. He sits in bed, and they're like, hey, get me a pot pie. That's all she says. She's writing. She's typing away. Like, listen, typing away. The elf quest happens in the Firelands. Does that make any sense? No. <laughs> and, and then the wolf riders come and say, hey, Richard, what should I have the wolf riders say? I don't know, Wendy. I'm making the pot pie. Yeah, get that pot pie here. 
You Shade ain't making a water. pot pie. That's what they would say. You're Shade and sweet water. Killed. That's what they'd say. Sweet, sweet love. Shade and sweet water. Okay, whatever. I'll, I'll know more about that when I get to it this week. I'm going to try to do that. I hope I don't have a struggle. Everybody should be reading ElfQuest. It's amazing. No, it's almost, it's 35 it years old. It's funny, too, because I told you in seventh grade, my friend wanted me to read it. It's taken all this time. I'm finally <laughs> going to do it. i got to get a, a hold of my man, man, Randy Widman, his name was. Hey, Randy, I'm going to read your ElfQuest. Look terrible. I thought he drew it. But, yeah, that's it for the podcast, Eric. All right. Well, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven.